Hello, and welcome to the Saladcast on Saturday, September 19th, 2020. I'm your host, Dan Train. Joining me today, Zachary Burgess. Sleepy time. And Robert Kemp. Yeah, I'm feeling that. Proper <laughs> proper sleepy week for me. Yeah, it's been real bad. What's made it's things been... so soporific? I don't the know. Retur- the return of summer. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Is this an Indian summer? Does that count? I guess. It's not been very long. Define an Indian summer to me. I don't really understand. <laughs> it's just a stupid term for like a late um, warm period in the year. Oh, okay. And um, <laughs> like uh, one time at uh, Karma Armor, um, my previous company, they, you know, they were all about parties and something, but they never got their summer party organized. Uh, so then they were like, oh, we're super late. Okay. Oh, but we can call it like this is because Kamarama is an advertising agency and they had the stupidest ideas. And they were like, oh, we can call it, we, we can make an Indian summer party, right? And we can do curries and have all of this stuff, you know, and, and uh, you know, de- decorate everything all South South Asian and and uh, that would be great. And so they did it. And, and, it, and, and I looked up what Indian summer, summer means and it's not, it's, it's, american indian (laughs) oh wow (laughs) yeah it's completely the wrong they got completely the wrong etymology it's like wow how did you manage to make this racist amazing (laughs) well it would have been racist either way (laughs) yeah yeah probably it's an outdated term anyway (laughs) there you go was it good did you have a party was good Yeah. yeah it was just completely the wrong term but never mind it was fun I mean, all the Karma Open parties were fun because they were just like, you know, open bars. <laughs> and sometimes when they ran out of booze, like you'd see like the head of the company across the street filling up, um, you know, shopping trolleys with with booze in, in Tesco's, <laughs> trying to keep the party going. Making a little audio adjustment. I'm still here. I'm yeah. Good. I mean, I guess it was the closest you could get to actual Mad Men in the two, you know, post 2010s. You Just with, without all the smoking? And the sm- no. Yeah, didn't have the smoking, but the drinking uh, and other certain other things. <laughs> certain other things. Yeah. <laughs> I, I once met a girl uh, like um, who briefly worked for Red Badger with me um, uh, and uh, who'd worked at Karma Armor. And so I was like, oh, you know what it was like. And she'd only been there briefly. And she was like, yeah, it was like working in a nightclub. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it kind of was. <laughs> huh. Yeah. But she left after she office. found something in a drawer. Yeah. Oh, she God. was like a PA. Yeah. Anyway, huh. Yeah, they well. We're not, we're not painting this company in a good light, are we? <laughs> I mean, I mean now they got bought by Accenture and they've been boringified to the max now. So oh, okay. it's pretty much dead. Um, but what did they have? They it, um, a lot of neon <laughs> in the office. They had a giant neon sign that said um, uh, "Work hard, play ping pong" or something like this, because they mm-hmm. had like a huge, a big ping pong room, air conditioned with multiple tables and stuff like this. Of course. Of course. And they had a neon sign that was meant to say, say, I don't know German. It was meant to say, no wankers, please. Right? Because that was their <laughs> policy was like, no wankers, which wasn't obviously kept to because there's tons of wankers in advertising, obviously. But their idea was no wankers, please. So they had that 
uh, Nick, whatever kind, whatever it was in German in, in huge letters. But whenever any German clients come around, they were like, why do you have to have a giant sign saying no wanking? Oh, right. Because <laughs> it said no wanking, please. Oh, dear. Not quite right. <laughs> like, did you have a problem with this in the office? And you had to have a huge sign installed? Was it from your German employee? Yeah, <laughs> for, for Germans in particular. Yeah, that was pretty stupid. Why? I mean, why even risk it? Like, if you don't speak German... I don't know. Be... Somebody's stupid idea. Was it to hide it slightly? So, like, if they actually had a business meeting and someone walked in and they're just like... <laughs> like, what, what does that sign on the wall? Oh, it's some German myth that we like, that we can't talk about. <laughs> it was a really stupid office. You can you can Google it, listeners. Just Google Karma Armor Office. Um, there was a fridge once they had like one of those glass fronted fridges, and it would they they put in for like the idea was I don't know it was a stupid idea like everything that but for for um like people who were working late, working hard or whatever, it would they it was like if you're in the office after eight pm working, you have free access to everything in this fridge. Huh. Uh, which was kind of cool, but also like encouraging people to work over hours when you should just go home and live your life. Yeah. Anyway, um, but they, for a joke also, they put like a big box of condoms in the fridge, like, like wink, wink or something. But I, I was like, in like, can you keep also, condoms in the um, fridge? Like, are they still going to work? Is, is the rubber going to break down? If <laughs> Is that a good what? idea <laughs> to keep condoms in the fridge? I, I don't know. And also... Very much the wrong message for a company to set. Well, you know, it depends, right? They were trying to cultivate this image of being, like, you know, wild and creative and that people would come to them and pay them for, like, fun, crazy ideas. And all they ever came up with was, like... HR nightmares? James Corden driving a Mercedes or... That's a bad advert, isn't it? Like, what What else? Oh, oh, right, that was them. Yeah. Those, um... uh, Confused like you on a good day or something? Was it confused or? Yeah. I don't. I don't even know because I don't watch any TV. No, that's no. That was Barocca, wasn't it? You put on a good day. Sorry. Uh, they did. Yeah, yeah. It was something like that, wasn't it? It's was like, or was that so money? Well, it might have been money supermarket because he was like, when good things happen to him, he's like, it's so money supermarket right now, or something like that. <laughs> that might have been them. I don't. I don't remember what. Um, I remember they did a a um beer advert for like Cobra beer, which had like a triple whammy of stupidity number one it was based on a pun or a play on words so there were snakes um no it was <laughs> so the name <laughs> the name of the beer is oh, co- cobra the right so it bra. was like, bra- bra- the bra one? <laughs> yeah, yeah so they were like oh this this super smooth guy they got this like incredibly beautiful like um indian actor model guy um to be in this advert and it was like Oh, this guy! Like by day, he makes the most amazing beer, Cobra. But by night, he for some reason designs brasiers at Braco <laughs> or something. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's so sex. That's so cool. To, you know, to make brass <laughs> apparently. <laughs> um, and I'm like, this is really dumb. It doesn't make any sense, and it's definitely sort of sexist. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I can't quite decide <laughs> yeah. about that that very point. It's like, is it sexist that he goes to work with boobs at night? With boobs, or is it? <laughs> or is it that he's trying? He's making a feminine piece of clothing, which isn't strictly 
like something that a man tends to do. No, maybe it's progressive. I, I, and, I don't and, know. Uh, yeah. yeah, modern man, Renaissance man. It, either way, I don't. Is is that the perfect man in a woman's eye? Like all man at, during the day, and the, wait, that, them, that should be the other way around, really. Surely, should it? That gives them decent attitude. support and and tasty beer. <laughs> <laughs> the perfect man, and is really good looking. <laughs> yeah. And then, anyway. you have a co- and then you have a cobra, and they're like, mildly disappointed. Yeah, I mean, well, what they were trying to do was like, you know, because they were the brand of of that you of beer that you buy in Indian restaurants, and they were trying to actually get into pubs. I don't know how well that worked. I don't think it did. No. They did another thing where they were like scientifically designing, because you know how nowadays in pubs the the beer comes in a glass that's actually the glass, you know, the, the themed on the, what do you call it, branded glasses. So if you buy right, a Peroni, yes. it comes in a Peroni glass or whatever. Yeah. So they each have a glass or whatever. So they were doing the Cobra one for pubs and they tried to do some kind of weird, what's scientifically the perfect way to like pour the perfect Cobra pint or whatever. And it had like a weird groove in it that like was supposed to like swell the beer around or something. I don't know. Mm. I don't know if you've like ever a, seen those. Some kind of anti-head swirl or something. Yeah, exactly. In the glass. It's kind of weird. Huh. I mean that was kind of cool to be honest. But I mean uh, I do I do like like the uh, the odd novelty pouring technique and I do yeah. like a branded glass. They are kind of cool. Oh yeah, that's um, cool. Yeah. Uh, but like training bar staff to actually use it. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, how many how many times have you I mean, or, <laughs> question number 1, how many times have you ordered the Guinness? Question number 2, how many times have you ordered the Guinness and the stuff bothered to put the shamrock on top? Right. Yeah. Which is, you know, supposed to do by like sort of moving it around at the end of the slow pour. I'm not a big Guinness guy, but I do like it. I just don't tend I do to like order. A Guinness, I don't yeah. tend to order it for some reason. Well, I'm not really. In, I, I'm not sure. I'm in many pubs where Guinness is an option, or mm. conversely, where Guinness is an option, there tends to also be like a guest ale or something yeah, like that, yeah. and I, which I'm immediately drawn towards. Yeah, sure. You want to try out new stuff, and yeah, this is England after all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, land, how did I get land, to... land of ale and cobalt. <laughs> Wait, exactly. Loughborough. <laughs> Loughborough. Anyway, what were the hell? Bra- we... Beers, bras, and carbarama. Yeah, why were we talking about my old job again? I, I, don't, I don't know. Anyway, offices, no. Indian summers. Parties. Oh, Indian summers. That's backtrack. Right. Yeah, so it's hot. That's what we're saying. <laughs> Feeling hot, hot, hot. Yeah, it was surprisingly hot on my uh, run this morning. It was a bit toasty. No, made a good one this morning. I shouldn't really talk about my wife's running, but she thought she was on like a on, a, on like a really bad one, and had had it was getting quite angry with herself. Uh, and then it was like, oh, I give up, and walked you know, a chunk of it to the finish, and then and then Richard gets gets home, and sort of, you know, after sort of pouting about it for a bit, and goes, oh yeah, that was like. Quite a lot, a lot faster than normal. Right, she looked <laughs> even at the actual with, pace. Yeah, yeah even, like, even, with, even with the walking at the end, there's just oh, that's quite, that's quite, that, that was quite fast. Yeah, <laughs> so now you like just long. Now you just have to be angry all the time. You run and then you run faster. Apparently, I do think I do find that helps. If I'm in a bad yeah. mood, like and not in a kind of like mm, can't be asked kind of mood. If I'm legitimately angry, at annoyed, which yeah, which isn't something I'm known for these days. I'm not a very angry person now. No, but it's just. When when I am miffed about something, I yeah, I will have a pretty decent off the block pace. <laughs> yeah, which then will fade, but it happens. 
got to get that energy out somehow. It's a good way. Got new shoes coming this week, so I'm looking forward to that. New shoes? New shoes. Done like about that time. Starting to, I, I'm what kind of shoes do you go for these days? Like, what's your uh, style? I'm, I'm, well, I'm currently wearing the Asics GT1000 version 7s. Oh, you mean running shoes? Running shoes. Uh, specifically. Uh, okay, yeah. Context. <laughs> I know. I, I, was, I, just, I thought you were just switching to like, I'm buying new shoes. <laughs> Not oh, I'm switching, to the switching my shoes. To, well, no, I, just, I wear what's comfortable. So like, I'm still wearing those sketches most of the time because they're right. super easy and quite, they're really quite comfortable. Um, I forget which one they are. They're one of the sort of like go walks, I think, something like that. Sketches go walks, but they're really because they've got that, that that foamy base in them. Oh, it's so nice. Um, uh, yeah, do those for casual. But I've got some random pairs of old running trainers I occasionally wear, or uh, old boxing shoes randomly for going in the loft. Yeah, convenient. Uh, although I may upgrade to a pair of running old running shoes to go in the loft. <laughs> Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm changing. I, I require a supported running shoe. Oh, cool. Uh, for the, That's what I have. Yeah, sort out over pronation, uh, which is what most people have, in fairness. Um, mm. You know, but most people who pronate will over rather than under. So yeah, I need a need a shoe to deal with that. Um, so yeah, I ordered a ordered another set from the same version from Asics because this is the thing about running shoes it's like a lot of, a lot of runners complain about it that the, the, the companies feel like they have to keep bringing out new shoes right and so they'll update their popular or even the unpopular shoe lines and then with this year this is this year's version and then they'll change it just enough so the runners that were using the previous one don't like it anymore <laughs> so mm. so yeah you're back in the whole situation where it's like well you've just alienated the people who liked your shoes and now we have to go find another shoe to wear or you've just encouraged people to go find like cheap pairs that other people didn't like off eBay, you know. It's yeah, a, it, it's kind of dumb. So I found a set of the same version number, but with a bit more cushioning. The GT two thousands, so they should be the same, just with a bit more cushioning. Than what I'm wearing, sweet, which would be nice, and hopefully sort out a bit of ankle pain I've been having for a while now. I'm, I'm attributing it to the shoes for now. So we'll see. We shall see. There you go, you're running a minute. The running Hot minute. running. What's your shoe situation, Zeg? <laughs> Same as it's been for many years. How many holes? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not only in the shoes at the moment, the slippers are getting holy. <laughs> yeah. I never had any good slippers that like worked. And then my brother like left me or had some at Christmas or something. And he kind of left me them. Um, uh, And they've been really, really good. Like, cause they're like sheepskin or whatever Mm. uh, inside out. And I'm like, Oh, finally found some good ones. So now I need to find when I need to replace these (laughs) like random ones, like how to get proper sheepskin slippers. I don't really like slippers. Yeah. I never did. I especially, I don't like them when they have no back or they haven't got a proper because they don't keep they keep. Oh no, keep I, the hate, front I hate I hate those ones. Feet warm doesn't work. Yeah, the ones that have only like got a toe cover. And yeah, then just they a suck. flat panel. Yeah, I, yeah. Dude, what are those about? I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't get it. They seem like a pain. They're a little bit like flip flops to me. Actually, flip flops are kind of a pain. 
Yeah. If you've ever, ever been on like a spa weekend. Yeah, I tried oh, to get some for a holiday and it's like, they're terrible. <laughs> I yeah. hate them. <laughs> well, unless you away now. Like proper sandals, fine. But like flip-flops, why? <laughs> they're, they're an accident waiting to happen. Just a bad idea. Flip, flip, flip. They do make that noise. Like flip, 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 flip. So they correctly got that. Bit. I mean, they do flip and flop, but not on my yeah. feet. <laughs> <laughs> not on my feet. I think generally I've just have hot feet, not like hot feet, like, but just hot feet. And they like it's good, stuff. good in the winter. Putting... Yeah, yeah. I don't really get that. Well, I used to when I was a kid. Like my extremities used to be cold all the time, but like yeah. never in a way that I had to cover them. Particularly, I never felt like they were cold until someone else pointed it out. It's like you got really cold feet, and I'm like, mm, all right. Uh, whereas, whereas now it's like, I think I think they're just actually warm for some reason. <laughs> so I, I don't get, I don't have cold feet anymore. But at least I don't feel like I'll have cold feet. They're always permanently hot. It's odd. I guess I have good circulation. Good circulation. That's good. Yeah, I was definitely getting cold feet before these. Uh, I think these slippers have helped. I even tried getting some, but they're shit. But like, you know, um, like. Uh, <laughs> Um, slippers that you can like microwave and because <laughs> they're basically have oh, built-in weird. heat packs, right? Huh. Uh, but that didn't work. They're not very nice. It's a nice idea. I don't, for some reason, like actually applying heat to cold feet doesn't really work because what you need is improved circulation, right? Or them not to be cold in the first place, to have gotten cold in the first place. I guess, and there's nothing really. I I don't think there's much worse than like heating up your hands and feet too quickly. Yeah, and you get that, that that sort of itchy, cold and yet stinginess. itchy, sweaty. Yeah, oh, that is that is probably one of the worst things. Yeah, so I hate I hate it so much. Yeah, so because it's not like you can do about it once you're in that state either. No, like, what do we what do we do now? Blech. Extremity advice brought to you by the Sidecast. Extreme. Extreme. Ends of your <laughs> limbs. It's a podcast about video games. Yeah. What's going on in video <laughs> games? Uh, Is there any I mean, news? A fair amount. E3 still carrying on, apparently. People are still doing their shows. There's a lot of shows going on. It's really spread out this year, isn't it? I guess yeah. they've, they've kind of um, used the fact that there wasn't a Big Bang thing to kind of merge everything towards the console launches to keep the hype train going. I guess, yeah, to sort of eke it out a bit. Like, but it's not just Sony and Microsoft doing their things. It's like you know, all the all the like, oh. Nintendo, Nintendo are doing their little things. Ubisoft are still carrying on doing events mysteriously. One uh, thing though, yeah, everyone's sorry, at it. Talk about hype train. Sorry, before we get into games, have you seen the Dune trailer? Yes, yes, I have. Oh my god, I'm the hype must hyped. flow. He <laughs> <laughs> controls the hype. Controls I've, Dune. I've been excited for this for a while, haven't I? I've been, hopefully, I've talked about it, but like, um, I'm even more excited now. I think it's going to be yeah. great. I mean, I'm not the hugest Dune fan per se. Like, I appreciate it its world but i don't know if there's ever been something that's connected with me in dune if you know what i mean like the way its stories have been told and yada 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 yeah i am however a denis villeneuve fan yeah he's amazing and uh this looks real good (laughs) it's the perfect combination the perfect director you know like basically unlimited budget like amazing cast and like i mean it's the it's a 
it's an absolute class stone cold sci-fi classic that's like precedes like you know influences a lot of other sort of mm. fictional worlds and universes so it's a bit like being sitting there in 1999 where there's no lord of the rings film you know a lot of people right. know about oh, lord yeah. of the rings and know it's great but like you know it's quite quite weird to imagine being in this state where there's star wars exists and stuff but there's no lord of the rings films and then suddenly there are and you're like whoa i think that's what's going to happen with dune yeah it's basically like imagine, is the imagine sci-fi if, lord of the rings imagine if star wars was written in like the early 1900s or something and was, yeah <laughs> and, and was this obscure book no one had read for a while and then the films come out and it's like oh <gasps> it's weird because you know obviously star wars is like a space silly space opera i mean it's not silly but you know i mean it's quite light um mm. compared to dune or even lord of the rings um but like um obviously written in like 1976 or something it's got a bunch of dune references in it because i guess hasn't it like they keep talking about spice mines of kessel and and um i guess yeah uh do they talk about sandworms they have the crate dragon thing right uh, um yeah well i suppose there is that whatever that multi-mouth spiky hole in the floor is yeah is that... i suppose that might be related the sarlacc, sarlacc uh, that doesn't too. move does it um but what else i'm sure there's some other like there's definitely a few dune references in the original star wars anyway hmm. um excited for that uh, were there any other trailers? Do you reckon it'll have the uh, Walk Without Rhythm? It won't uh, track the worms. I mean, but... yeah, <laughs> kind of has to. <laughs> Not necessarily the line, but yeah. Um, and then Christopher Walken turns up and does a dance. That was a classic. <laughs> Maybe he'll cameo in it. That'd be great. He's still going, isn't he? Has he retired? Yeah, he's, he's still, well, I don't know. He's still alive. That's what yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Dune. Um, I've I've kind of I, I I went for a phase of being quite filmy. I'm like when I when I first got my Cineworld card and stuff like that, I'd be like, right, I'm gonna watch everything, I'm gonna pay attention, listen to the Kermode yeah. and Mayo podcast, somewhat and film buffy, not yeah. quite my brother level, but but you know, no, definitely into not. it. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's that's fallen by. I kind I kind of don't care now. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. That this is why I'm excited for June. It's like the one thing that I can point to and go, yeah. this is going to be great." <laughs> well, and and Bill and Ted, I'd quite like to watch. Bill yeah, Bill and Ted. <laughs> because Bill and Ted. Yeah, I want to get into more classic movies because that's what you know. My brother's always recommending stuff. I need to watch some more uh, Kurosawa. I watched The Seven Samurai mm. again the other day, and it's so good. But I need to watch like Rashomon and. I've only, I think Bowen. I've only sort of watched it when it's been, it might have been on when we went to see Barlow in London one time. And right. was, uh, like, it was just in the background where we were dicking around doing other things. And it was like, yeah, I've never, never watched a Kurosawa properly, I don't think. It's, have you ever seen like the remake, like Magnificent Seven uh, from the 60s? The, the uh, no, Hollywood. no, no, no. That's good too. Like, yeah. uh, it's not nearly as good as Seven Samurai, but it's got a great uh, score and um, some really good, it's like, Who's in it? Like Robert Redford, um, I think. Oh, no, no. Mm. Is he in it? No, no. I'm thinking of that's Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Who's in? Um, it's got Steve McQueen anyway. Um, oh, and Yul Brenner. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I recommend the, uh, the the Magnificent Seven too. But probably if you have a choice, watch Seven Samurai. Although it's a lot longer and it's in black and white. It's still mm. pretty badass. 
and then they re-remade Seven, The Magnificent Seven, which looks terrible, <laughs> right? With like Chris Pratt and stuff. I, I was about to say, I thought there was a more recent one. Yeah, there, why but... do a remake of a remake? Of, you know, anyway, never mind. I'm not going to watch that one. It's like watching well, the because brand recognition, yo, it beats everything. Yeah, apparently. it's true. Yeah. I mean, we're hyped for Dune because we know Dune. I guess, I guess. But that really is a good story that deserves a... Um, I don't know. Uh, everyone pretty much agrees that that, that David Lynch Dune, it, you know, although it has some good points, is kind of not doesn't really work as a film. It's so bad. I, can't, I cannot yeah. watch that. It's, it's so it's, bad. It's, it. it's almost unwatchable. Um, yeah. Uh, so... Like I, that definitely deserves a another go, whereas you know Seven Samurai has been done well twice. Or <laughs> yeah. Anyway, never mind. Although I think Star Wars is partially a, a um, heavily inspired by the Hidden Fortress, isn't it? Uh, which is another Kurosawa film because mm. it literally has R two D two and C three PO only there, like peasant Japanese peasants. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, that, that's pretty good. Everything references everything else. Everyone yeah. is influenced by everything else. Because there's that famously the um, when Luke comes back and his uh, aunt and uncle have been killed by the stormtroopers or whatever. That shot is like shot for shot with the searchers, which is a classic western with John Wayne. Hmm. I'll tell you, talking about classic films. I got around to watching um, Princess Mononoke. The other oh day. yeah, that's a good one. Oh, that's good. It's a good one. Oh, yeah. it's good. It's quite violent. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. well, so, you know, some of uh, Miyazaki's early, uh, well, some of the, some of those early Ghibli films are. I thought know, that was. But... Say, I watched it again recently, again for this, like the second time, and I thought it was. Uh, I assumed it was earlier than it actually is. It's right, actually yeah. like ninety-seven or something. It's yeah, not it's an early not, one. Yeah, it's, it, it feels early. It, yeah, it, it does. There's, some, yeah. there's something about its look that feels quite. Yeah. Um, old school. Uh, yeah, and I and I kind of dug that about it. It was, it was neat. It, yeah. did, it was like it was wasn't it like one of the first first one of the Ghibli films to get a decent um, US or USization, I guess. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. It's cool, and of course, there's those references to it in uh, Breath of the Wild, right? Um, right. Yes. Yeah, like the because the uh, forest spirit or whatever is like half the the forest spirit from Princess Mononoke and half. Um, Iwata, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Koroks are kind of like the uh, yeah, that's the weird true. little dudes. Yeah, I mean they're obviously all based on Japanese folklore, but yeah, 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 yeah. I don't. That's what I mean. I don't quite. It's one of those films where I think I would have got more out of it knowing a bit more about yeah, say yeah. folklore and old Japanese mythology and things like that. And yeah. there would have been some more. I think it would have been a better flow for me as a. Western, yeah, if I knew knew that, um, uh, but even so, there's still stuff in there. When you go, and I think that's true of a lot of Ghibli, actually. You just watch it, or maybe a lot of Japanese films. You're just like, okay, I'm not quite sure I get the significance of this. Yeah, but yeah. I can see that. I can see it's important, but I don't understand why. Like even in Totoro, which is a children, much more of a children's film, is it's all like tied to these folklore. Yeah, because to- to- Totoro, in a weird way, is like I. I didn't get on with Totoro as well as I thought I would, honestly, because it's oh, like really? it's because it is. 
uh, it's not so much of a single meandering story, is it? It's just a sequence of events. Mm. If you see what I mean, it's kind of separated from a plot <laughs> in some ways. Yeah, it's very atmosphere, um, which is yeah. which is fine. They're like, that's, I can I, I can get on with it, but it's not. It wasn't quite as. It's not as clear as like Spirited Away or something. Yeah. Well, even even then, Spirited Away has its uh, odd moments where it's like, okay, now what are we doing? <laughs> now why? Are we now like we're this? taking a weird train out through the, <laughs> to some random house in the middle of nowhere. And why is the bad guy now a good? As, as sometimes happens in Ghibli films, where there's like there's some sudden character changes, and it's like okay. <laughs> Usually yeah. involving the old lady, I seem to remember. Yeah, or is that just Howls? I can't remember. But yeah, anyway, some. No, it's the old lady in um, Spirited Away as well. This turns not good, but like relatively benign by the end. Yeah, <laughs> benign. That's the word. Yeah, still enjoyed that a lot. It was, it was good. Movies. Sorry. Mm. <laughs> I just wanted to talk about the Dune hype, but let's get to game game hype, shall we? If game the, hype? I, I don't know if there's any game hype to quite much Dune hype, but we'll see. Uh, uh, yeah. Hmm. yeah. People seem not. super hyped about those graphics cards, even though I don't know what they're going to be playing on them. Like, yeah, they're, two, they're 650 I'm... quid or something, aren't they? I those know, 380. It's like, who? Well, they are... They are powerful, you know, in the sense that they they out you know they outstrip the console yeah. specs because of course. Oh they're... yeah, completely yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, six hundred quid's a lot. But then that's not that dissimilar from what the last round came out. No, but what are you going to be playing on that? I guess you want to play Flight Simulator in four K at one hundred twenty FPS or something. I, <laughs> I mean, even even then, like if, even if you just want to run four K, get four running four K games is still is hard. Yeah, right but you there. actually with um, this thing you actually can right. Yeah, and it's fine for the first time, pretty much. Not for the first time, but like you can run 4K 60 reasonably with this thing, right? In, yeah. in most and it, titles. And, it's, and, and more importantly, it's the second evolution of RTX and that yeah. capability. Which, yeah, you know, um, we talked about this before, but what's those demos? What's those light sourcing demos and things like yeah. that they've been showing? Like, because that's that's RTX's true power is not. Even if you're not using it for reflections and things like that, but using it for like accurate shadowing and proper, yeah, proper light modeling, it's like that's that's yeah, that is true. It's true goodness. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting how because graphics have looked like really good, you know, in a lot of games for a while, and it's like like I don't know Battlefront or something, but it's like you know, what's it going to be like for people that realize that that was all based on basically tricks, like screen space mm. stuff. And, and then and you show it well, side by side, basically RTX on, and be like, oh, oh, that's what it looks like I in see. the real world. Yeah, because yeah. there are definitely some tricks these days that now, are now starting to really irritate me. Like, for some reason, screen space yeah. reflection mapping, I find super obvious, like, where, yeah. where the flaws happen. And it's like, okay, why, why is that bit of reflection not working? Oh, right, of yeah. course, it's doing screen space, and there's something in the way now. Um, or... Um, temporal anti-aliasing. Temporal anti-aliasing yeah. Oh boy, I'll talk about it later. But because well, everyone jumped straight well on that, now, didn't but... they? Because well, yeah, because it because it does look good. Yeah, like in for most of the time, temporal yeah. anti-aliasing is absolutely fine. And I uh, I think the uh, Frostbite engine has one of the best implementations of that. I think yeah. it's it's super smooth, almost too smooth. Mm. If you know what I mean, like like it's smooth to the point where it feels I feel like it softens the image a bit in Frostbite. Sure. sure. Um, but um. Uh, some implementations are just bad. Like I've been playing Tell Me Why, as I mentioned last week, 
and you know when I pan pan certain objects around in the camera, they leave a horrible trail for a few frames, mm. and those are those are temporary anti-aliasing, aliasing. <laughs> yeah, in a weird way. It's creating different aliasing. Yeah, um, artifacting. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it's just like that. That, that I find super distracting mm. um, at times. I get, but yeah, I guess if you just raw power it up to 4K, you don't need so much anti-aliasing. You don't need it to be very aggressive. No, I mean the most the most effective anti-aliasing has always been to super sample, which yeah. hasn't really been the focus for anyone just yet. No. Like no one's really doing it. We haven't got to the. I mean, I don't think we're that far from that sort of thing because, like, honestly, who's when you're using an 8K screen, who's going to see that? It's like okay, if if our hardware gets good enough to to start outputting resolutions at 8K, you could but just like an, an 8K it. screen is yeah, it's probably yeah. for most people's viewing is probably a bit much. Yeah, like you're not you're not going to gain from an 8K screen versus a full screen particularly. Not, um, not, not in your, your living room, not in your, your TV, or yeah, yeah that's sort of, uh, an appropriate distance and an appropriate size. You're not going to see the difference. I mean, maybe um, at your desk with text and stuff in the same way that, like, because because the pixel density of a phone, it it would still be higher than like a big, wouldn't it? Eight K desk oh, monitor. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So, yeah. So I don't know, but I guess you're so far away from it. Like, if you had a display with that would have the same density as your phone, and it was like a big screen would you even notice i don't know, I don't know. whatever but, i mean yeah, yeah. It, it is a solution that but you know, the obvious solution is to always get to the point where resolution is better than your eyes but that doesn't remove aliasing that this is no. the, the the sort of fallacy with that because yeah. they, you know you'll notice the shimmer that, yeah you know, whether it whether it's subtle or not or if, say you, you threw one bright pixel into a sea of dark lines it's yeah. like you'd see that like, it, like that that shimmer would be there yeah. Um, if that's a one bit of like speculative lighting, for instance, hitting an object at a certain angle as the camera pans around, and for some reason in that engine that only affects a single pixel, that's going to throw you. And you know, you need a, you need you need some sort of smoothing technique to make that less obvious. Yeah. And it's uh, even at high, high resolutions these days. Um, and you know, maybe that will go away as you get higher and higher. But I don't think I don't think it's worth it. Like. Just no. you know, super super sample a bit, 150 percent ish, something like that, and that gets rid of quite a lot of trouble. 200 percent super sampling is quite nice as well. I think that was an option in Guild Wars, wasn't it? Guild Wars Two had a super sample option that ran the game at 200 percent in the yeah, background that was and looked probably and looked one really... of the first times that was really an option, just like yeah. default in and the it, menu, and it looks really nice. But yeah, it's, it's super expensive. Yeah. Like, and, and I think we talked about it last week. But DLSS is a weird beast as well on that run because it goes the opposite way. Right. Yeah. They undersample, mm-hmm. sub they or subsample the image, and then use AI to um, techniques blow it back up. Yeah. to blow it back up uh, and reduce aliasing that way, which is fascinating. But seems like the opposite. It seems like the backwards approach. It's all. It's all weird. Anyway, yeah. hardware hype. We need hype hardware for hype. actual games. What's going on? Is Cyberpunk I mean, coming? <laughs> if we're talking the hardware hype as well, AMD also announced some card stuff, but I oh, yeah. looked into that. Um, I, I saw that NVIDIA have bought ARM off SoftBank, right? Did you see oh, that? Oh, wow. Okay. No, yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah. Huh. Quite, quite big. You'd think Apple would buy ARM. Anyway. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah I assumed they were going to, but I guess I'm a, that would destroy the industry. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, they're doing Apple Silicon anyway, so they must must have. Yeah, maybe it's not in yeah. their best interests. Uh, right, games. Um, Nintendo yeah. will open with they uh, ahead of everything. Sort chronological again. Um, I'm going to try and tr- try and treat this, but you know, throwing stuff in where it's appropriate. Uh, Nintendo they did a partner presentation, but I missed that, and that was quite recent. But uh, and didn't pick anything out of that. But before all that, they put a random trailer out for a new Zelda game. But not the Zelda game you want, no. <laughs> necessarily. Maybe. Hyrule Warriors is getting a sequel. Um, or a prequel, I suppose. Well, it, not really. It? When it's was not the either, first one set? because I, I don't think Hyrule Warriors was set in any specific time, and that's kind of the whole point. Right, okay. But this one is very specifically set in the time. It's set in the Breath of the Wild timeline during that uh, the first Calamity War, I guess, or whatever you that, you know, the ancient fight that put Link to the calamity. in the first place. Yeah. Is it just called the Calamity? Okay. I guess. A hundred years yeah, ago. So, so that voice line can now be more relevant than it I guess. already was, yeah. I suppose. I mean, it makes sense, right? They, they set up with that game that there was this massive fight, and what better way to demonstrate a massive fight than with a Dynasty Warriors? <laughs> okay. I guess. Although, you know, they could have made... Breath of the Wild 2 take place in that time period and made it a prequel like that, that would have been fine. But it'd been, it wouldn't have been like empty like the world is in Breath of the Wild, though. Would it? it would have had to have been filled with stuff everywhere, like all the time. Does it, though? Cause, is, like, it, is there a Hyrule Town or whatever? Like, yeah, or, I, like, I imagine that we're probably going to be seeing, if you think about how Dynasty Warriors works, there's probably going to be at least one map that is the town with all these individual like squares and whatnot, which is just because that's just how Dynasty Warriors functions, you know, mm-hmm. in how the map functions as part of the game. And actually, it will probably make less sense if you go out into the wild where it's just like there's no obstacles to restrict your movement. <laughs> They'll probably have to come up with some like enemy bases that will make sense for that style of gameplay. The zone control kind of stuff. Right. But yeah, I mean that it sort of makes sense, but I don't know. It's not, it's not. Luckily, everyone was panicking for a moment that this was Breath of the Wild too, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> no. Right? No. I mean, we already had a trailer for that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You were well. I mean, I guess we're not super interested in Dynasty Warriors games, but um, well, I'm I'm annoyed that you know this one might be kind of important to play <laughs> if you want maybe. more of the Breath yeah. of the Wild story. If you mm. want the lore. But then um, the last Dynasty Warriors games didn't exactly, even for fans of the series, it was a bit of a huge letdown. Well, the last um, actual Dynasty Warriors ones, yes, but supposedly yeah. Hyrule Warriors was like quite, pretty okay. And I think that was before the, whole... the last Dynasty, though, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was before the last, yeah. definitely the last one, at least. But like the whole point of this is that it's got Nintendo oversight. Is like that's why it's a why why it's a kind of more bigger deal i guess because yeah. nintendo have oversight on the whole story and like the graphics and everything which is why it looks exactly like breath of the wild <laughs> it seems like when they've done these crossover warriors games that things have gone all right because like dragon quest heroes is the same right it's also a muso but is like that one i i seem to remember was pretty well regarded as well like, the crossover with... muso games seem all right <laughs> i think the trouble with it is that like the normal crossover muso games are 
it's just like it's just an aesthetic. It's just like here's a bunch of random things taken from the aesthetic of this other game, but shoved into the Hyrule. Uh, the, the right, I see. Like 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 a skin pack, rather more than anything else. Which is what Hyrule Warriors was like. Like there was no law continuity. It was like oh, you've got Toon Link and you've got Medley and you've got Fee and you've got like Gorons and they're all just they're all just characters that you pick and you just fight. <laughs> and Linkle. Yeah, and Linkle. Also. Linkle. So like I don't know if. Well, how how is it going to play when they're actually restricted to like the actual story, <laughs> when they actually have to conform to a universe and not just throw random shit in? Yeah, I guess you want Nintendo to take a firmer hand on it. And also, yeah, if that means they take a stronger hand on it, like what do they change from the normal formula? What does what do Nintendo mix up? But like you know, thought that had happened last time. Yeah, I'm hoping like the mix up is that it's like an unmix up. <laughs> <laughs> so, like they rein it in a bit and make it a bit more sane in some ways. There seem to be a lot of uh, goblin dudes flying about, though. Well, I mean that is that is how that is the warriors aspect of it, but it's kind kind of acceptable for like you know we've we've already made up this ridiculous explanation of why there can be a shit ton of monsters, and you, there is that one memory in Breath of the Wild where it's like after a fight and there's a whole shit ton of enemies laying around, and you're like, you never fight that many enemies in this game. It's like apparently that's mm. it's true. You do fight that many enemies in the past, <laughs> so maybe it all makes sense now. <laughs> yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, Xbox had a reveal event. What's a that? Reveal. A, re- a reveal, you say? A reveal for what? We've already known that the Series X is a thing. Uh, no. The Series S was finally unveiled as a real thing. And apparently it was unveiled months ago in the background of uh, Phil Spencer's in-house shots. <laughs> right. Because it's, <laughs> like, a, it's a white it was, box. So it was, it was on a, a shelf. It was a white box sat <laughs> on the shelf. Yep. And it was there the whole time. Um, yeah, so the Series S was revealed um, as being, it's quite an interesting spec sheet in some ways because yeah. it's, not, it's not a huge downgrade from the X hmm. aside from perhaps its actual physical size, it's, it's tiny it's, like, it's quite it's quite a ditty thing um, uh, so, the uh, most important thing is like there's a, there's a downgrade in that some of the, some of the GPU um, which the, the big bullet point is no 4K um, it will be capped out at 1440p, um, which I capped actually out. think is capped out. Yeah, so it can't do more than it won't okay. be able to output full 4K. Um, right. It will be outputting. Well, it might be outputting 4K signal, but yeah. its internal resolution will cap out at 1440. Fine. Um, uh, which I actually think is smart because, yeah. like, it's there's still a great number of people that aren't going to have 4K TVs. Um, Even if they do, there's probably a great number of people who have 4K TVs because that's what they got from Curry's or whatever, and exactly, then they don't yeah. even notice the difference. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that, and you know they they might be like bought into the whole like oh PS4 Pro outputs things at 4K, and it's like most of the time no, no, yeah, <laughs> like so you know if that's that's the it's hard to say it's like if that's the the inaccurate market you're going for or the people that don't care or the yeah what, what do we call them the ignorant <laughs> well <laughs> some, i don't know that sounds that, that sounds harsh but you know what i mean it's kind of the same thing like it's i think it seems totally sensible yeah uh i think it's it's a decent idea and there's like by the fact that they're reducing the gpu and they're not changing the cpu hmm. 
means that in theory that they they are 100% only impacting visuals. Um, yeah. The games should be identical. It's quite um, clever. It's clever. Now there is there is one detail that worries people on this front though, is that the RAM uh, count is not only less. Again, they they say that they've reduced the RAM because it's like, oh hey, we don't have to be dealing with quite so much textures um, or something. Well, yeah, some, something like that. As they've, they've reduced it in line so it's like the performance can maintain the same. But the interesting bullet point there is, is like the S actually ends up with less RAM than the Xbox One X as a result of that. Yeah, okay. And, and, uh, and some, that's got some people slightly worried. It was like, okay, this is, that actually might be the bullet point that hamstrings developers a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's the like... The memory you, budget. Yeah. yeah, the memory budget is, is a bit lower um, than what X has. Not that... Yeah, not that they weren't hamstrung already because they have to support X Bone. I mean, you um, can kind of see in, why because the, the X, line, but... the X is like a premium console, and this is I know new generation, but this is we're talking about the budget one basically. Yeah, you know? yeah. So yeah, Microsoft are claiming what with um, what with their new uh, what do they call it, the Velocity architecture or something like that. The yeah, they've got they've got a fancy name for their for their new architecture that supposedly allows it, and a new streaming tech that's kind of interesting as well that they showed off a little bit of, hmm. um, where you know you can have large large size textures, and they've got um, built in systems to make it so you only need to load certain bits of textures for what's visible on screen at that moment in time. Right. You're not like you you load the whole texture and apply it to an object. It knows what is visible on screen, and so only loads in the bits of the texture that are visible, and at what distance from the camera they are, so it can load lower detail versions of the same texture file. At a, a bit like mit mapping, but done for you, I guess, mm. without having to have separate batches of stuff for mit mapping. It's like a priority queue, I guess, and stuff like that. Anyway, they showed some of that off, and it's like how that means they can because they're streaming all of that constantly but you know the ram difference isn't so much of a big deal because you won't need to keep stuff in ram i think was the argument they were trying to make i see okay we'll see how that pans out but yeah interesting interesting nonetheless um possibly the biggest downgrade is the hard drive itself which is only going to be 512 gigs as opposed to a full terabyte right which again you can expand it right yeah, I mean that's part of my But the thing's here. like fully digital, right? So you're going to be constantly deleting games, basically, if you get this thing. Yes, that's the final final detail. Is right. that yeah, fully digital, no discs. Um, everything will have to come off uh, Xbox Store. Um, well, I suppose it's not the final bullet point because hell, this is a competitive price point. Three hundred dollars. Yeah. Or two hundred and fifty quid, which is low real it's low like that's that's cheaper than the current one x i think i guess the idea is you get that and you get a game pass subscription and you're kind of set right yeah if you're like you a normal person yeah yeah i mean that's a that's a hugely like that's a massively aggressive position yeah to be in and i think it's going to work for a lot of people like it feels like a really good if you can convince them on the game pass idea yeah and the fact that that's a subscription which I really don't think is hard. I think it's a hell of a deal. I mean, people are um, used to Netflix and shit, so exactly, yeah. Um, this this seems like a fantastic option for for those people. It really does. I it's think like it's Sky uh, for games, basically. You yeah, get the box. You get the subscription. You just go. 
It's an int- it's it really is an interesting idea. They but... just have to hope that like the third party are enough because they haven't quite got the first party stuff. Like... Exactly. Yeah. So this is the thing. The game lineup is where is where Xbox and, and we'll get, come to this later on and stuff like that. Where, where Microsoft is a little lacking. And uh, let's be honest, not all of the big name games are going to land on Game Pass. Everything Microsoft makes will, and everything Microsoft Studios mm. is involved with will. Um, but uh, that's not necessarily the big hitters right now. Um, although, you know, EA Access is supposedly being added to Game Pass at no additional cost at some point. Well, what version of EA Access, I don't know what that is. But it was probably the base tier, which gives you access to some of their older stuff. But hey, that's coming to Game Pass, and it's like, all right, this, get, this gets a bit better. Your move, Ubisoft, what are you adding to the party? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think I was promising. Um, at some point, I don't know when, but at some point we also found out what the price of the Series X is as well. Right. Um, around the same time, uh, I guess. Uh, and that's going to be £450. Yeah. So it's a whole £200 difference between these two models. Mm. Um, and you're getting your terabyte, you're getting your RAM, you're getting your 4K, you're getting your drive, your 4K Blu-ray drive. Yeah. Um, for that 200, 200 squids. You're getting your weird form factor that you have to like put in a weird getting... chimney spot. Unlike the I mean, S. both. Let's be honest. Both of them are weird form factors this time. Yeah. <laughs> both the, the Series S is like the S okay. is uh, the S is normal. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I, admittedly, I think... the PS5 is just big. Like it would be fine if it was a bit smaller. I think. Um, PS5 is long, is long and flat, and it's yeah. like, and you have to buy a stand if you want to lay it horizontally, which I imagine most people would want to. That's pretty dumb. Yeah. Do you really? Is that really the case? Yeah, I think that was announced like little that came out when they first revealed the design. Who's got it's fucking just space like... to put it vertically? I don't know. That's weird. <laughs> no, I know. Okay. It's real stupid. It's real dumb. I, uh, that PS5 design, I'm getting like. I appreciate it for how weird it is, but yeah. the more I look at it, the less I like it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think I'll have to see it in person. Yeah, maybe. I wonder mm. what they'll look like when they've when they're old, you know? <laughs> when they've yeah, got dust on them and stuff. I don't I don't think that PS5 is gonna age well. well like in terms we'll of in terms of how consoles look. Some of them, some of them you know I think Yeah, I think it'll age quite badly. I don't know why. Um even though the original Xbox was like just a, a block PC, it's oh, still that, that, kind of cool. That, <laughs> I kind of like I, it for some reason. I don't know. I think I put that into the category of consoles that are aging badly. Yeah. But they, but at least it was wild and a bit out there. Yeah, and had a big X on it. I, I, again, in the same way, I appreciate it for that. I appreciate they did that. Yeah. But I don't think it's as aged as well as the GameCube, right? Ah, oh, no, that's an absolute stone cold classic. Yeah. <laughs> Like how the European SNES has aged way better than the American SNES. Oh know? yeah, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, that SNES is awesome. Uh, right. Um, another Microsoft news. Uh, ODST will be added to Master Chief Collection September twenty second. Is that still going to be like a? Well, I guess they all are. But I was going to say, is it still going to be like a separate DLC? But that's just how Master Chief Collection uh, works on PC. If, if you've got Game Pass, you get it. 
I think I'll get it because I have Master Chief Collection on Steam, right? Oh, right. Yeah, I don't know how the Steam one works. I think yeah, that's a very good question. Yeah, because I've got question. Halo 3. It just downloaded. Well, it didn't download. I had to ask it. But yeah, because yeah, Master Chief Collection on Xbox, though, ODST was released later oh, as a as DLC a pack. Um, so I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what the situation is if you bought it on PC. I would hope you'd just get it. They've kind of ruined the name of Master Chief Collection, but never mind. <laughs> it's well, just Halo it's Collection got... now. <laughs> yeah, they probably should have just called it that. Or changed the name. They, I mean, can, they can change the name. They can do still, that. You still have Johnson in ODSC, so there's still a tiny, tiny connection to the regular Halo. <laughs> yeah. I guess, I guess Master Chief is in Reach right at the end. He's in the ship somewhere. Yeah, he's an <laughs> icicle. <in that laughs> yeah, game. he's an icicle. <laughs> They decided not to break him out for some reason, even though it was like the most important cargo they would show. Yeah, anyway. I don't even know why he was in Cryo Sleep at all when the rest of the crew weren't. Yeah, Read know. a book. It's probably yeah. going to tell you. <laughs> I'm sure that Brian David Gilbert has the answer, <laughs> having read Recover- every single Halo book. Recovering from previous injuries or something. Never, never read those. Um, right. Uh, Ubisoft. They had an event. Uh, the second Ubisoft Forward. Um, I'll pick up on a few points. There was a lot. There was a, you know, some garbage, but this, I think this was more interesting than their first Ubisoft event they did. Um, so, uh, Gods and Monsters, we got a decent look at that. Um, it's now called Immortals: Phoenix Rising, with Phoenix spelt with an F. Is that like a? Never heard of a, that. Like Phoenix? Like is that? A, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure that's a that's a thing. Um. Yeah, we kind of suspected they were going to go for the Breath of the Wild thing, but boy, did they. It yeah. is so Breath of the Wild, it's almost painful. <laughs> Let's rip off the, the best game in the last 10 years. I mean, I don't, years. It, doesn't, it doesn't look like they're doing a bad job, admittedly. I think perhaps they've got too much UI going on. on like, But other than that, I think it might be good. It looks all right. Cool. I mean, even if it is a total rip, you know. <laughs> They, they say they're leaning into the comedic aspect a bit more, um, mm. like the, which is a, could be a bit hit and miss, right? Yeah. It's like they either land that or they don't. It's a risky strategy, but they're, yeah, they're, that's what they're going for. They want to make things funny a bit, slapstick a bit. And it seems like there was perhaps more voice work in this than there was in Zelda. Yeah, sure. I mean, most things have most more voice work than Zelda, even though, <laughs> yeah. Uh, December 3rd, that comes out as well. So, mm. not not that long. Uh, will probably be, you know, an early, you know, it's a launch window next gen title. Something to think about. Uh, probably more uh, appealing to us though. Prince of Persia: Sands of Time is getting a full remake. Sweet. I mean, that was leaked, wasn't it, or something? I think it was. Yeah, but. Um, uh, yeah, it's a ground-up remake, but then they're not doing like the Final Fantasy VII-style remake, where it's like, oh, this is a reimagining. It's like, no, it's pretty close to the original game. Like the cutscenes are the same, and you know they're 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 following the same story and the same general structure of the game, but it's been built from the ground up um, to play like a modern game. Um, I didn't really get any sense for like whether or not the the whole narrator thing was still there. Like, no, no, that didn't happen, and all that. Uh, <laughs> you mean one voice line? It's not much to add. Well, yeah, but or whether it was narration. That was cool. Know, it was cool, but it was like such a well, tiny right? thing. 
Yeah. I, I thought it was narrated like as you were playing its plots as well. Like it didn't. It wasn't just that line. I don't know if. It, hmm, I can't can't remember whether it was like narrating back in time or current narration. Like his wife was doing. I think maybe, okay. but that might have been like between levels. I don't think it was like you know. It might have been part of a cutscene, not really during gameplay. As long as it's got that that guy with that stupid accent shouting at you to solve that puzzle with the room that rotates or whatever. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. The, the <laughs> only bit, of, the only cast member they mentioned that was returning is Yuri Lowenthal, um, who was more famous recently for playing Spider Man, um, right. uh, uh, or you know Peter Parker Spider Man. Um, but he, yeah, he was the original Prince of Persia voice actor. Right. Uh, and he's back Ooh. doing that. Okay. He's going to sound so old now. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it's been a while, yeah. But <laughs> I saw they're remaking, they're making a new series of Animaniacs with the original yeah. cast. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. But, but it'll be done in a terrible modern yeah. cartoon style, right? Which is generally bad. Yeah, it's not going to be good, is it? Anyway. Like that. Oh god, don't get me started on like when I looked up what the raccoon the new raccoons TV show looks like. It's not out yet, but like boy that mm, they've ruined it. <laughs> the art doesn't look good. Uh uh yeah, so there's there's a, a new Bombay studio put together to build that. Um and it's January twenty first, so also pretty soon. Um but not a twenty twenty game. Uh Skip over most of the rest of the stuff. Uh, two more points from here to talk about. Uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, the game, is returning. That was not... <laughs> Assuming Ubisoft doesn't somehow get shut down in the next six months, which could possibly happen, but not really. <laughs> I mean, I mean, well, yeah. If you, if you think that all this... Uh, the uh, sexual allegations and bad harassment stuff that's being thrown around at Ubisoft at the moment is actually going to come to a closure, which I doubt for a studio of that size, or a yeah, publishing gonna, wing of that size. It's going to get some people kicked out like it already has. Then yeah. That'll be it. Uh, but yeah, it's coming back. Um, uh, on Switch and on consoles, no word of Steam, unfortunately, but the Uplay logo was there, so does that mean I can get it through the Uplay launcher on PC? Mm. It's open. Um, bring it to Steam already. Come on. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's fantastic news, right? Because it means you can play it on modern machines. Yeah, <laughs> not that it needs and a it, modern machine or anything. No, but if it came out on Xbox with their current architecture, right? Like you, you could get it on Xbox and then it would be backwards compatible forever, right? Because assuming the architecture doesn't change significantly again, like it did back in the 360 days, but like they they couldn't make the 360 game back compact because it couldn't be sold and now they're not doing more 360 back compat work it's like that game's never going to exist again um but this new version will probably carry with you for a lot longer which is the the bit i like but it, it would last a lot longer if they just put it on pc <laughs> but yeah super happy that's back it's a great game um uh and they revealed a brand new title uh called riders republic um, which looks like an extreme sports game of some description. <laughs> it's hard to get a feel for exactly what this thing is, because there was like downhill BMX, there was boarding, uh, there was wingsuiting. Um, one guy with game. that, yeah, kinda, but with like it more, like it, like it wasn't just on uh, 
you know, snowy things. There were like road races, and, and some of the shots they showed of people cl- clambering down a hill just had dude running as well. So they're running in the game somehow as well. I'm sure it's not um, too much like tech difference to make the engine that ran Steam just run a few different modes of transport. <laughs> I mean, you got. He's probably got to do quite a lot of different physics for different styles of play. But yeah, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what team's behind it, but I'd be highly surprised if it isn't the Steam team. You know, uh, February 25th as well. For, so also not a huge distance away. Uh, yeah, that was the interesting stuff from Ubisoft. They need to stop showing watchdogs because they don't show anything new. The last few times they've shown that, it's just the same message packaged with different footage. It's like, shut up. You're de-hyping it now. Uh, Right, okay. Let's talk about the PS5 showcase. PlayStation! This was a show. This was a proper show. This was like... I miss this completely, so... (laughs) Well, this was this was Sony basically like I, th- I think in this and the PlayStation Five reveal event, Sony have show- finally shown their hand and be like, yeah, we can do this stuff still. Like after a- spending the entire year of being a bit weird and putting out details about PlayStation Five in like articles and wired interviews and leaks on their or random pictures on their Twitter, uh, it's like the last two time last two events they finally turned around and been like, yeah, this is how you do this new console hype. Yeah, um, <laughs> totally changing my opinion on like, oh hey, Microsoft were doing the better job. Oh no, they're not. Oh no, wait, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're very much not. Sony's got, got they've got a mark. Yeah. yeah, which is it feels very feels a bit familiar, right? We didn't exactly get this right with the bone launch. So it's... yeah, I mean, Xbox are not going to screw things up as as badly as the bone launch. They they've no. learned that lesson. And but, I still don't think they have, like, but their 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 marketing definitely hasn't been as strong this like, time around either. It, Sony's screw up was the PS3 launch, which like wasn't as bad as the Bone launch, but was like holy shit, expensive and all of that stuff. And crazy like, money. Like yeah. even now, if you look back at that and you think about it, it's like okay, these new the, the, the Series X is coming out at four fifty, and yeah. spoiler alert, so is the PlayStation Five. If you yeah. want a disc drive. Um, but holy hell, five hundred and ninety-nine dollars. It was That's... it was insane, and the cell processors and stuff didn't really work for for people for games all that well and stuff like this, and really hard to work. And you know that whole era, they really learned from that with the PS4, and and they're just mm. carrying it. They're really just kind of building on well, now it now. That... Whereas Xbox have been like kind of lost for yeah, after that bone launch. Here's the thing, right? If we were to take the two consoles, because that's what you do right now. Uh, it's like, well, actually, no. Let's have this conversation after we've done PS5, and let's, let's let's do the whole comparison thing in a bit. Because um, let's talk about some of these games that are, that were mentioned here. Uh, they opened with a PC game. Square Enix showed off Final Fantasy 16. Final Fantasy 16. That's a 16. That's a new number. That's a new number. Oh my god. That's gosh. a new number. It's um, not fifteen four or something. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's a whole brand new number. Uh, but they, the trailer starts with a little subtitle saying "running on a PC," but emulating what PS Five would look like, <laughs> which is an odd statement to make. But okay, I guess they, they're still developing this thing. Whatever. Um, 
Yeah, Final Fantasy 16. It's uh, they're going back to a fantasy setting, like a, you know, high fantasy, I suppose, as opposed to like a tech fantasy setting. Yeah, yeah. which that's cool. Which they haven't done for a while, no. really. Outside, outside of what was the last online, one? I guess. Um, I mean, you know, you could you could argue 14 online is still doing that, but um, uh, sorry, Mike. Uh, the I guess 12 was the last one to do it. Yeah. So, you know, 13 was like that. 15 was this weird world with a car. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, 12, I guess. Because 12 was in Eva Lease. Um, and people, there was, a, there was, I was watching the uh, Easy Allies reactions to this trailer because, you know, why wouldn't I? And they, uh, they were, they were, they, they thought it looked like Eva Lease at first, but uh, there's no proof that that's the case. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought it looked real nice. I thought their story setting was nice. You know, I mean, uh, you know, it seems like people can turn into like the summons this time. That's the thing. It's like, you, oh, that's kind of cool. You're not, you're not, you're not just summoning them. You're summoning. You are sort of becoming them when yeah. you need to. Transmorphing um, into them. Um, yeah. So that's like when well, you know the power within, I suppose, of this game. Um, uh, they, you know, they've got, they've got a, an army whose things seem to be tattoos on people's faces that look a bit like Zell from Final Fantasy VIII. Um, <laughs> you know, right, it's, it's, got, it's got a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's got a lot of FF all marks going on, um, which is good. There was a brief bit of combat footage in there as well, which I actually think might have been the bit that turned me off a bit because I was looking at. Uh, we don't know how this plays at all. It's just a trailer. You know, mm. the combat was probably running at real time. We don't know if they're bringing in some of the stuff they've been messing with in Final Fantasy 7 Remake that sort of real time yeah. turn based hybrid people seem um, to like that yeah um, from the outside looking in it looked a lot like the combat from Final Fantasy 15 which I think was interesting but pretty flawed mm. um, it never really it never felt like it hit its potential um, that combat system Yeah. Um, so I'm a bit worried about that going in but hey we're getting a Final Fantasy game um because of course we are, and it's been a while um, when you think about it. Uh, and it's no release date, obviously. Nothing else said, just that it exists. Big news. Um, what else did we get? Um, another little look at Miles Morales, um, which, you know, looked like a Spider-Man game. It's like... Well, it looked like that last Spider-Man game yeah. again, which is, which, is, which is no bad thing. I didn't really get the whole sort of like tech wow of it. Sort yeah. of thing. It's just like, um, but uh, yeah, hell, it looked, it, you know, it looked like a nice sequence they were showing off there, um, with some obvious nods to the previous Spider-Man films, and I think a nod to uh, Homecoming. I think actually, um, yeah, uh, yeah, it, you know, looks good. I could go for some um, more Spider-Man. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I'll come back to that in a moment as well. There's something else that needs to be tied back. Um, uh, how do you feel about Harry Potter right now? Uh, right now, well, yeah, right, know, right this second, right this moment. Well, I mean, you know, I've been following the J.K. Rowling going down a crazy transphobic nightmare hole situation. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so, <laughs> yep. <laughs> but I guess that's you... separate. You have to do that whole thing of separating art from the creators, even though Harry Potter is a children's. <laughs> book series and not exactly high art but yeah it's still a good thing in in many ways sure uh, and i would uh i would agree with that statement harry potter itself and what's been created is good but 
Well, it gets trickier when you start to think about the money, right? With these sort of well, things. Yeah. It's like, where's the, where's the money flowing? And it's, well, they're, they're... I mean, they've been making pretty bad movies lately with those um, uh, Fantastic Beasts ones. So, I mean... I did, I've, I've only seen the first one of those, and I didn't mind it. It didn't mm. quite capture the Harry Potter thing for me, but it, it was yeah. all right. Um, and I haven't seen the follow-up. Um, I heard it was a bit of a train wreck. No, really? Mm. Yeah. Crimes of Grindelwald or whatever. Something like that. There's an entertaining the uh, uh, Jenny Nixon breakdown of it on uh, YouTube. Recommend checking it out if, if you haven't seen the film. Okie dokie. It was funny. <laughs> so here comes a Harry Potter game. Take what you feel about it with a pinch of salt. Apparently the uh, developers haven't been involved with J.K. Rowling at all. She has no involvement in this project, but you know the license is hers, so money! Um, yeah, that's fine. Whatever. That said... This game looks pretty good. Yeah, Hogwarts, Hogwarts Legacy. I mean, it's the game um, everyone always said they wanted, right? The yeah. RPG where you're like running around Hogwarts, right? But set uh, in like 1900s, is it, or was it 1800s? Like no, Hogwarts, like yeah, 18 late 1800s, Victorian right. or something like. It's bloody genius, great idea. Because like it, Hogwarts presumably isn't that much different from those times, because they have magic, so it's not like technology really comes into it, really. No, no, it looks it's fairly similar in terms of that stuff. Um, I mean, it would probably be identical if they just don't involve the real world at all, which they might not. Mm. Um, but even if uh, they do, I think that's a cool setting. I think that's a great idea. And I think they've 100% nailed the visual. Some of the effects look really nice yeah. um, in that trailer, like how, how things were moving around. And uh, There's one particular shot that seemed like a minor thing, but I really quite liked it where like, the, the ground sort of shimmers and pulls you through, through a hole in the wall as it's mm. either closing or i don't know it just looked really nice um i'm not sure if the character animation was as nice but the the world looked really good um yeah i don't know we, we don't really know what this game is or how it plays particularly but it's probably it, like a third person adventure a bit yeah like those old old games but you know done right this is cool i'm excited it seems like it's been in development for a while as well so mm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There was that leak probably well over a year ago of them like doing early reaction, you know, people's reactions to early trailers of this. And it's one like, of those games that's like, it's, it's just ob- it's just the obvious, right, to make this, right? And why hasn't anyone done it before? It's like the big 3D Breath of the Wild Pokemon that has never happened, right? And it's like, why <laughs> <laughs> right, haven't yeah. they done it? Uh, and this is the other one. It's like the big Hogwarts RPG. Like, why haven't well, they done it? It's like, oh, they're doing it. It's like there aren't many licensed properties that make that get making made into games anymore, and that's probably a good thing. But this is this always felt like the obvious one, right? <laughs> Even back in yeah. the day when they, when the originals came out and they were kind of mediocre, it's just like. It's just like, well, you could do something with this. Someone could do something with this. I mean, they never really have outside of Lego Harry Potter. This is probably the best incarnation. (laughs) I mean, I still want the game where you're a bounty hunter in Star Wars and you're going around different planets and stuff. But what they did instead was make a TV show. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, But anyway, never mind. One day. Got that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so there's that. Yep, looks good. Um, We've got a look at... um, a set piece from uh, Codblop's cow, and uh, it looked very cod-like. I mean, I don't know what really what, what more I can say that for that. Um, Call of Duty, be Call of Dutying. Good cod, bad cod. <laughs> I mean, it seemed um, quite. 
it was nice that they brought out Raven to talk about this because although it's a Treyarch game and like they're the head studio, it's like Raven basically would do behind the scenes work on pretty much every Call of Duty game, and they they don't get a lot of love for it because they're never the lead. Um, so it was nice that they brought out a spokesperson from Raven and say like, "Hey, yeah, we're doing this is what the campaign looks out." Like. They should just make. I mean, those Doom games do well. They should just make Hexen <laughs> or Heretic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be funny. Anyway, that is the same Raven, right? I think so. Yeah. From back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got another look at Resident Evil Eight or Village, as it seems to be using as its primary title. Village. Um, yeah, just more of that. Don't care particularly myself. Um, uh, Death Loop. We didn't really learn anything particularly that new didn't about look, this. I, I didn't look good. Are you? Are you uh, uh, right. You're in the not good category. So yeah. I've quite looked, liked how Death Loop has been shaping up. Um, but I think the, this trailer perhaps had a couple of added a couple of worries to my list. And it's like, okay, am I replaying the same thing over? Am I literally replaying the same bit over and over again to find the optimum route through the game? Is that what this is about? Um, I mean, um, you know, if it's um, Super Meat Boy, then that's fine. But I don't know about, yeah, yeah, because like they set it up to be like, yo, you've got you've got like twenty four hours to kill every single one of the targets, but what you do to one target will affect what it, where it goes, and then change the opportunities later on how you do that. And it's like, yes, so what, you know, it seems like there's Wait, a lot man. of what, yeah. How many options do you really have? How how varied can it be? And ultimately, are you going to be banging your head against a possible outcome that isn't that can't possibly work? And is there like one good route? It's like it's still a lot, of, a huge amount of question marks out over how this game actually pans out. Are you guided through these possibilities, and you're just you just play them out like in a sort of sequency sort of way? A um, lot of question marks about it. Um, but one thing is now for certain. And maybe I missed it before, but it was made very clear here. It's a PlayStation console exclusive, no Xbox version. Uh, possibly timed. You never know um, when they say that. It could be a timed exclusive. But, you know, PC as well. So there's a, there's a route for you there. Uh, Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition. Um, interesting to note only because it's coming out at launch on PlayStation 5, but it's also coming out at launch on Xbox as well. Hush, hush. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Oddworld was there again. Looked like Oddworld. Five Night at Freddy's is getting a random 3D game. Uh, Demon Souls was shown off a bit more. Um, the remake by Bluepoint. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, that's a launch title, right? It, it seems like, what from what I've seen, people are, are like, I've seen people on my Twitter feed who are like, can't believe I'm getting a brand new next generation console to play a game, a nine year old game. But I am. Yeah, two, two generations ago. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it, visually, it looks really nice. Um, look, it's, it's, it's a, it's a well made remake, which is what Blue Point do. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, this one will 100% be a PlayStation exclusive, obviously. Yeah. Um, uh, and Sony even went out of their way to say there's no PC version of this this time. Like even though Dark Souls and stuff came out elsewhere, it's like there's no Sony have said no, we're not doing a PC release of this. Right, right. Um, right. Then we were kind of out of the main games thrust. 
because um, uh, they, they then talked about PS Plus Collection, which I sort of initially thought was, oh, this is going to be their Game Pass equivalent. Um, but no, it's a, th- a, th- a, a free benefit for PlayStation Plus subscribers, existing PlayStation Plus, Plus subscribers, um, where they're making a small library of um, basically Sony's big hitters from PS4. Hmm. But not it's 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 a subset. It's not every one of their things. Like there's there's some interesting more recent inclusions, like Days Gone, for instance, it's in there, which is only interesting because it's the most one of the most recent games on that list. Um, but they're also throwing in um, yeah, like Uncharted Four, um, and then and then some third party stuff as well is joining the mix. Um, you've got Monster Hunter World, which seems like a fairly high profile title to be in there. Decent inclusion, mm. and then Battlefield One is also there for some reason. But okay, I guess EA needed a mention. Sure, <laughs> that that felt like a weak point. Um, but yeah, no, no, you're not really getting Horizon. You're not getting God of War. You're not getting, um, you know, some of those big big names hitting this. Um, you're not getting Last of Us Part Two, but you are getting Part One remake, you know, a real remaster, things like that. Um, so you know it's it's an aging collection, but you are getting it completely for free, and it seems permanent as a, as an addition to PS Plus. Absolutely no word on whether that's an evolving library or if it's that or if this is just a goodwill thing, where it's just like here's the collection, and or whether there'll be a season two of this later. Absolutely nothing said, but hey, have something for free. Mm. All right then, can't complain too much. Um, I will fold in. Um, this is the point where, uh, in, at this point in the conversation, because it's sort of related, um, Jim Ryan, CEO of Sony, has come out and said, hey, we looked into doing a Game Pass-like option, um, uh, and it does not make sense for Sony right now. Um, so they, they will not be doing a Game Pass-like service. Even though they're already pretty close to one, with PlayStation now, they kind yeah. of have that, which is I'm, a subscription I wonder service. if they, maybe they are, and they just don't want to talk about it yet. Yeah, that's probably right. But I, I, or they don't want to expand on what PlayStation now is, which is kind mm. of what. Yeah, I mean, it's a streaming service to let you stream PS3 games because they never made those compatible on PS4. Yeah, um, that's it's one of its main functions. But it also does just straight up let you download certain PS4 games. That may now be in the PlayStation Plus collection, like a chunk of them. Mm. Um, it was never, it never felt like. I don't think PlayStation Now was a huge library, like so. It's like it's a, uh, and I don't know if they how closely they worked with third parties and things like that to get content on there. Um, no one ever seems to talk about it, so I don't really know. Um, it's not Game Pass, but they've sort of already got one, <laughs> so maybe so I, I wouldn't hold out hope for them expanding that. By the sounds of it, but maybe you're right. Maybe they won't actually. Uh, don't want to talk about it right now. But then, surely now's the time, right? You want people to buy your console. Yeah, but maybe they're just not ready. Yes, yeah, I guess. Uh, finally, the price was revealed. Uh, we were, you know, that flyby graphic of PS5 we've seen before, and then what looked like some hastily pasted on top text. Um, <laughs> Just pops in at the end. Um, yeah, so UK, four hundred and fifty pounds for the version with a drive, 
same as Series X. Logical. Mm-hmm. Uh, £350 for the digital version. So the version without the drive. So you're getting a whole £100 saving if you can give up the whole discs and sharing discs between friends, all that stuff. Uh, getting discs from retailers that might be cheaper than PlayStation Store, which reads as they are always cheaper than PlayStation Store. Right, um, yeah, of course. <laughs> Yeah, that's quite a um, chunk, isn't it? I suppose, but I mean, but it but it is still cheap. A hundred pounds yeah. is still is cheap for a four K Blu Ray player. So if you care about that from that perspective, yeah, exactly. Then then a hundred pounds more to get the four K Blu Ray functionality is a deal. Um, but it's the big it's the bigger picture on whether or not the you know the cost of games is going to be a problem for you on digital, which I honestly think it is. I don't think PlayStation Store is very competitive mm. um, on a lot of its titles. Um, uh, and prices don't go down very fast. The only people that tend to do decent discounts are Sony first-party titles. Like, so it's not that it's not expensive to get hold of God of War now, for instance, on PlayStation Store. It's not expensive to get hold of the First Horizon uh, game. Um, so it's the, you know that that side of it is an okay prospect. I think it's like okay if you're a patient gamer and you want those Sony exclusives, then PlayStation Store is fine. Um, but for everything else, mm, Games are pricey, yo, and which is compounded by the fact that prices are set to get more expensive this generation. Um, PlayStation confirmed that some launches will now break that $60 mark and be $70 releases. Um, what that means in terms of UK price is not 100% clear, but expect your games to get more expensive, guys, especially the blockbusters. Mm. Uh, and on PlayStation Store, you're not going to at least have a choice of trying to see if retailers actually adhere to that. Um, that's going to be what you pay. So there was a lot of talk when the 350 price point came out to be like, oh, damn, they've won this generation before it's even begun. £350, £100 cheaper than an Xbox. It's like, whoa, 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 oh, hang on. Roll that back a second. Think If you're thinking financially, that's there's some hoops to jump through there. Yeah, definitely. It's probably going to cost you more in the long run. Um, which is where I... That's how I feel about it, anyway. I still want a disc drive. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if people buy the disc version, the, the one with the disc drive, yeah. Hmm. Although, yeah, it does give you pause, though, isn't it? It's like... Because if it was, like, 50 quid, I think everyone would get the disc drive, wouldn't they? I guess, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, the release date in the UK will be November 19th, one week after Xbox comes mm-hmm. out. So, again, pretty closely matched. Um they must have known each other's plans, is all I'm thinking. <laughs> Probably. Do you think there's like, in, oh no, it's just, I was wondering if there's industrial espionage, <laughs> but who knows. Mm. Not, I mean, not. I don't think they really have to do espionage. They just go, they just look at what the factories are currently doing. It'll be yeah. like, oh, they're ramping up chip production in this certain factory that Microsoft always uses all the time. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, but the people who know how this stuff works will be able to figure it out, right? So yeah, that is. Oh, aside from a little tease that there's another God of War game in production, which you know, <laughs> duh, um, and and that that will be coming out next year, seems pretty quick. Um, that's it. That was PlayStation's uh, their their last, but pretty much their last little the last reveal, I reckon, before launch. At this point, 
I mean, it's a, it's a good it's a good slew of games, but let's be honest, a lot of those aren't exclusives. Like Resident Evil, not exclusive. Call of Duty, obviously not exclusive. Uh, Hogwarts, not exclusive. It's like the, both consoles have, a, I think, have a pretty weak launch lineup. Um, I mean, it depends how much you care about Demon Souls, I suppose, or that little Spider-Man experience. Oh, which, by the way, if you want the special editions version of Spider-Man, which is the one that includes the enhanced version of the original Spider-Man game, that's going to be at that $70 mark. That is one of those those games that fits in that, that category. Apparently Destruction All-Stars of all games is going to be at that price point as well. It's like, okay. Um, I should also point out that they're not alone on this. Some Xbox games are said to be at that price point as well. But I feel like that's hugely mitigated by Game Pass. Mm. Because the, the exclusive titles will cost you your Game Pass subscription. So yeah, how how are we feeling, lads? Where do these two sit sit with you? <laughs> Zeg, <laughs> do you care at all? This day? Not really. It's like if I was ne- theoretically, I mean, there's already been rumours about a, a beefed up switch coming, which is worrying. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then if you know, I'm still in the market to eventually get a new PC at some point, and that would be where I'd go. And then once I'm on Windows 10, I can just get Game Pass, and that will pretty much cover most of anything I could possibly want. Yeah, I think yeah, that's the best move for you, at least. You're not much of a console list these days, but yeah, new new PC plus Game Pass, you'll be you'll be set. What, what's your plans for a new PC then, Zach? God, I don't know. The prices are still so fucked up. <laughs> It's still just a matter of <laughs> hanging out and waiting to see what changes. Fucked up for the graphics cards. Well, for that, for a start, but then like a lot of other stuff as well. But it, mainly, you know, pandemic stuff happening. But like the graphics card was the bit because we like you just started recovering from the crypto mining hump, and then it's like, oh, now how are we here about a pandemic and a whole bunch of new cards? <laughs> right. Yeah. Which will probably trigger another crypto hump. Let's, yeah. <laughs> if we're honest. Yeah, I mean that. Is that happening? Like, uh, are they being bought or bought up? I don't know if you can buy them yet. Can you? Uh, the, yeah, the, yeah, the nah, new well, cards. Get I think, away from the mic. Nah. I, I think you actually can buy those new cards now. <laughs> well, okay. I don't think you can any longer. I think you yeah, could. I mean, but I think they out. sold out immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, did you see what happened to the PS5 pre-orders? They all went wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, classic. There was no plan of attack, really. They all, like Sony said, they were going up one day. Retailer said, "Nah, dog, we're doing it early," and did it whenever they fancied. Um, so anyone kind of wanting to pull the trigger kind of may have got screwed over a bit by bad messaging and the retailers doing their own thing. Something went badly wrong, anyway. Um, also, if you want a PlayStation Five and you're now hearing this, good luck. You're probably not going to get one in 2020. In 2020, oh man. Is it really that bad? Like, surely they want to sell as many as possible for Christmas. But I guess maybe yeah, but everyone always but, but, wants but to sell release... as many as possible for Christmas, and then they always oh, fail. <laughs> and the release dates are later than usual in the year. Like, yeah. they're in November this time round, which is doesn't give them a lot of time to get more stock on shelves. So it seems pretty unlikely that they're going to. Mm. Um, that's not to say they won't. There might be another shipment. There might be other shipments coming. We don't know. Um, but the amount that they're ordering right now, yeah, that, that, they went very fast very fast indeed um uh which microsoft happily sort of laid into them about and being like yeah we know exactly when ours is happening 
nerd, let's see. Um, and that's uh, Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, September 22nd. <laughs> they've given a specific time for the US. I don't think they've said a, a specific time for anywhere else, but it equates at 6 p.m., I think, UK. Um, uh, yeah. Get ready. They will go. <laughs> so what are your plans, Rob? I'm getting an X. Um, yeah. like, cause I'm, cause I can't get a PlayStation right now and I'm not, I'm not I don't think I, no. I will, but also like I'm acutely aware that I, sp- I spend most of my, thanks to Game Pass and I know I'm a big evangelist of it and I can't stop on about it, but it is brilliant. And I, I, I spend most of my time on PC and Xbox these days and my PlayStation yeah. gets the odd look in for big for the, titles like Last of Us. And, like Last of Us, yeah. Um, and I don't play a whole lot else. Uh, on PlayStation outside of that, so also the bone is the most is the oldest console under my TV right now, and I think it shows yeah. some that you know there's there are games that clearly aren't designed or optimized for Xbox's power level, mm. um, and it would be really nice to not have those problems on games that you know should be running fairly easily. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you'll be pretty sorted with a with an X. And X will do me fine, and I can yeah. I can wait for PlayStation because I can catch up on the big games. I don't. I'm quite patient with releases for games these days. Yeah. Like I don't, yeah. I don't. I don't. And I think we all are. We don't have to play them day one anymore. Not anymore. Um, not unless it's Zelda. <laughs> I'm which not, might I'm make not... us a might make us a bad podcast, but you know, it's <laughs> no. We're not a bad podcast. We're just a late podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Red Dead um, I will play on day one. Zelda I'll play on day one. But otherwise. So. Yeah, there's not there's not many games that get me that so hyped now that I have to just sink in. There's, there's the odd one here and there, uh, and I'm thinking that might have been like Smash Bros and Tetris, <laughs> and those were like a while back now. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. Tetris Effect. Um, yeah, things. Think I'll get hyped for something, and then it'll come out, and it'll be like, yeah, I'm alright. I'm still playing this other stuff. <laughs> But yeah, I think an X will be good for me just because I can still do what I'm currently doing, but on better hardware. Um, um, so yeah, I'm going to try that at least. Uh, right, what else we got? Uh, two little remaining points. Uh, EA is killing off the Origin name. So Origin on PC will no longer be called Origin. For now, it's calling it the EA desktop app, which kind of sucks. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> what was wrong with did it? Did it fail as a brand? Because I thought that was a reasonable brand. I mean, since, I guess since Origin was a fine name, it's just as good a name as Steam. Uh, although Steam a... is a bit more of a pun, isn't it, on Valve? But <laughs> anyway, sure. I think yeah, Origin's a bit of a well. Origin's a weird callback in itself, right? Because Origin was a studio that I think EA then eventually owned at one point. I don't think that was um, why it was called that. I think no, that was just a coincidence. But, um, yeah, Origin used to make the Wing Commander games. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, that's weird. But I don't, yeah, Origin's a bit of an outlier, I guess, in terms of names, right? It doesn't really fit. Like, why is it called that, I suppose, is the question. It's fine as a name, but it's just why. Um, so why is anything called anything? I mean... You play as a name sucks real bad. Yes. <laughs> so I mean, are we yes, are we just heading for like EA play? 
that would no, be that's better the, than the Uplay. <laughs> oh, but they already have EA Play. That's yeah. What they call the <laughs> uh, okay. Not that they couldn't reuse that name now, apparently, because, you know, <laughs> who knows if EA is going to exist next year at all. Couldn't they just call it EA Store or something like the Epic Game Store is just called that? And it's... That's hella boring as well. Yeah. I mean, if you're talking about names of shop fronts, they all suck, or just, like, real random. I don't know, GOG's all right. Yeah, except what does that mean? It means good old games, which is, like, yeah. I mean, fine as a kind of, like, as a as a nice kind of branding thing, except for the part where they don't just sell old games. Yeah, but then you can say good old games. Not necessarily old, but old. <laughs> you know, O-L apostrophe. But that wasn't what games. that brand was made for. The whole point no. of the, that, when they came up with that, was it was going to be selling old games. And then now they're just like, no, just ignore the actual name, just call it GOG. <laughs> Don't think about it. I, I still like it. You've got Humble Store as well. I mean, that's fine, but that's like just like the Humble Bundle was just like, yeah, alliteration, okay, we'll give you that, I guess. <laughs> it's not alliteration, is it? Vague well, rhyming-ish. <laughs> Do you call it, a, is it a form of alliteration when it's like rhyming the second half of the word or is it literally just rhyming is there a special word for that i thought alliteration was just the first letter yeah Yeah, but is it like i don't think that's true i think it is broader than that oh okay i think fair enough i'll remain corrected for now but that yeah my take my my take right listen listen to me down the pub right Uh, I'll, i'll tell you a little thing or two about alliteration Maybe they'll just end up calling it. Maybe they'll just call the the app just name it EA because I mean, who cares? I, think really? that's, I bet that's what it is actually called. But like because they have to refer to it as something, that's why they're calling it EA Desktop App. Probably yeah. in their messaging, which will then eventually just become the EA Store. I'm sure EA Store like that makes way more sense to me. Just call it that. It's it's dull, but it works. I suppose it's this is the same thing that like Blizzard tried, right? Or Activision tried to put on Blizzard when they were like, oh, it's it, it's no longer called Battle.net. We're calling it Blizzard. Um, well, and then it became the Blizzard launcher. <laughs> yeah. And at one point they did go back to Battle.net, but I think now it's, it might just be called Blizzard. I don't, I don't know. I got a bit lost to that. I gave up. Care. Um, yes. Uh, and finally, my little dig at Apple for the episode. Uh, Apple announced Fitness Plus for their... You know, I guess that you can use it on your phone and on your, but you need an Apple Watch. Um, and I look at it and I go, <laughs> "This is Xbox Fitness. You've just done Xbox Fitness." Like seven years later, embrace <laughs> and extend. Yep, this uh, is Apple being and extinguish, Apple, right? Right. Well, that was the <laughs> yeah. Microsoft uh, mantra, wasn't it? Embrace and extend, or which basically meant steal. <laughs> yeah, except then they started innovating. But... Yeah. Like doing it first, and then it not taking off, and then Apple and then someone else comes in and steals later. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, but Xbox Fitness, like, is it a good idea? Yeah, I mean, it worked for me. I used it for yeah, a while. Exactly. Yeah, it was you know all hung off the Connect, which is basically a motion sensing device, right? And now, yeah, I guess you could vaguely do that with an Apple Watch, and you know. Uh, Ring Fit has sort of proven that you can do it with just the remotes, but 
but yeah, they, they they got closer with this first, I suppose, by doing like not it's not just connect, it's like it's export, it's fitness videos that you know professionals have made. We're gonna track you alongside them, and it's like yeah, and that's exactly what Apple Fitness is. Funny, anyway. <coughs> Excuse me, that's news. That's the news, and it's time for what you've been playing. I don't. There's. I don't think there's much point like mixing up the order every time because like <laughs> Rob's usually been talking quite a lot in the news, so I think it's it's, it's Zach's turn to talk. Mm. I think that's fair as well because I need I need to. I could tell by the coffee. <laughs> yep, I'm, I'm, I'm so talking I'm not, too much. I'm not going to mix things up. It's yeah, but I'm not talking for... enough, so I'm going to cough as well. <laughs> what are you? What have you been playing, Zach? <laughs> coffee, coffee way through telling us. Well, I think the first thing we have to cover is something that I've not been playing and possibly won't play again i guess <laughs> which is rocket league <laughs> oh why what happened wait wait won't play again what I, I was about to go make myself a drink but i'm coming back what, what's going on well you need a drink so you can spit it out <laughs> <laughs> yes do a spit take over this dramatic news well <clears throat> so the way i have to describe this is going for, there's two points really and the first point accounts for like maybe like 10 percent of the reason but but it's like the one that's slightly more news rather than just me <laughs> which is that when they did their free-to-play update, you now have to link your Steam account to an Epic account in order to play. Yeah, I knew that was coming. Oh, I mean, I thought we, I, I thought that was implied by the fact they were making everything, like the, when the library, of, your library of stuff... Yes, but the, see, to, the problem with this you. is that, like, it's not... The first problem with it is that in in most of their, like update posts about what's coming in the new on the in the free to play update they often use the word can like you can link your epic account to consolidate your different libraries oh, I, see what, I see what you mean right but you can't it's required <laughs> yeah and then the second problem with it is that like it's literally not required like satisfactory they have they you know they were on Epic first, and you play on Steam, and you can crossplay between them. But it uses the Epic Online Services backend, which is a separate thing that Epic have made specifically for this purpose. <laughs> it's not an Epic account. Wait, so oh, interesting. So Satisfactory doesn't care whether you're playing on any service, but but, but Satisfactory is using an Epic service to yeah, run to crossplay, basically. It, huh. It's, Using that to navigate the two separate How? systems between Steam. Oh, and but Epic. it's only. But they're not really sharing data, right? So if I did stuff on Epic and had a save file, and then I loaded up the game on Steam, I wouldn't. It wouldn't know anything about me on Steam. Well, in Satisfactory's case, it's two separate purchases. It's not like Rocket League where you can combine the inventories or whatever. Right. So that's so that's the difference there. The service there yeah. is just a server as opposed to knowledge about you as a person. But again, that could solve the problem of Rocket League if you didn't want to create an Epic account. They could have used that service to still allow you to play the game, essentially. I guess, but, you know, Epic owns Psionics. Yes. They want your details. Yes, and so there's a lot of people who are like, oh, this is just a just a shady business tactic to, to ramp up the number of Epic accounts. Because it's I forcing mean, everyone who plays Rocket League to make an Epic account whether they want to or not. And on all the I different mean, consoles I mean, and everything. I mean, 100% yes, of course it is. But are you really? is anyone really surprised by that? Well, mm. you know, they did say... they the, the thing is, like, they did say 
when they first got bought by Epic, they were like, this is not going to impact how Steam users play the game. You'll still be able to play the game even if we're not selling on Steam. Nothing will change. And now it's like, well, now you're accepting oh. a whole different terms of service and whatnot. Uh, I guess, yeah. Nothing will, ch- yeah, nothing, quotation marks, will change. <laughs> I guess the game still plays the same and the rules around it and all that stuff will be the same. So yeah, your account information, your personal information—that's not the same. People are certainly annoyed, and I like when I went into Satisfactory, they give you the option when you first launch Satisfactory on Steam whether you want to link it to an Epic account or use the the backend service method. And I specifically chose not to link it to an Epic account, pretty much for the same reason. It's just like you I don't want, I don't want my Steam account linked to an Epic account. Is that it really? Yeah, okay. How, yeah, I suppose my question is: is how does that work? Are you literally tying your Steam account to Epic, or are you just logging into Epic? Like, you know, you could launch an EA game that you bought on Steam, for instance, and you sign into yeah, it's sign not, into it's EA not like in-game. it's just like running the Epic launcher after you hit play on Steam. It is like it's actually a, a linked account. You can go there's like if you go to the Epic. Oh, I mean, that's, that's, I think that's even more links than what I'm talking about. It's like, you know, you, you can launch a game and then log in to the game, right? Doesn't Torchlight right. do that? Is that how Torchlight works? Where you log in to Torchlight? Not mm, to... Yeah, maybe. I forget or, exactly how Torchlight worked. Or maybe I'm thinking, you know, uh, there's probably better examples. Uh, Elite, probably. You know, stuff like that. But yeah, uh, it, but... It, it is a, like a direct link. And if you go to like the Epic webpage, you can see like if you log into your Epic account on the Epic website, you can see what other accounts are linked to it, that kind of stuff. Right. Again, not the first time this has happened, though. No. Like you remember when like back on the PS2 days, like when Half Life came out on PlayStation Two, and they wanted you to link your Steam account to your PlayStation. <laughs> well, that's maybe slightly different. It's not like it's linking it to a competing service exactly or anything. Well, and Humble Bundle links to Steam and things like that. As well, does it though? That's get, more like I mean, it generates the, keys on the back end. There was there was a point in time where it did. They don't do that anymore. But there was a point in time where you could say redeem on Steam, and it would literally just link your accounts together. And you, there you go. You'd hit the buttons, and it would chuck it in your steam library but they don't do that anymore maybe because people got annoyed i don't know yeah <laughs> so that's the first like 10 percent of the reason that i might stop playing rocket league the rest of it the other 90 percent is they removed solo standard <laughs> which is literally the only mode i play oh really yep wow what does that mean then well solo standard is the it's still free v free so like standard rocket league teams gameplay mm. but you can't be in a party so it's three teams of random people yeah it's four, three four teams of three random people <laughs> so, right. so if you're a solo player for instance you can't the the big advantage is that you can't go up against a coordinated a team. coordinated team right so you get to play right yeah so it's more even and like Which you don't I, I thought it was I thought it was a genius idea, right? It's, well, I, yeah, it's, it's like it, that was the whole point of that mode, right? For people who yeah. don't have a team all the time, there's this other mode where you can play it without having a team and it will be fair. <laughs> but yeah, they just they took it out, apparently, because the population Why? is too low, which is, I mean, you know, that is a reason to get rid of stuff. Yeah. But, but also uh, you're taking it out when... at, at an exact moment where your population is about to go up a bunch <laughs> for a start. Well, yeah, because of crossplay. Well, well because of free to play for ages and free to play. That's bizarre. And also, well, Rocket League's always had the problem for me. Well, I don't think they've had enough. 
they could have made they, there always could have been another playlist right and there's yeah. there, there, for plenty of options it's like hey where's chaos ranked where's that been all this time um uh, and then they did put in all the ranked modes for like the other. Well, well, I say put in. They converted they got all the of, other modes to ranked, to ranked and got rid of the casual versions for some reason. Uh, I mean, I guess because of population reasons again. But yeah, you know, it's like those populations are never, never. Those numbers have never seemed that low. Well, no. The thing is, like, I saw people complaining about solo stat or or say goodbye to solo standard in a sarcastic way by oh. saying like. <laughs> Oh, it was in, you know five minute queues to get into a game, and it's like I, I maybe a two minute queue sometimes, and that's only with a population of like fifteen hundred when I'm playing, and that's like ten times less than the casual queue, and it's still like not unreasonably long. Is that the, is that the local population as well? Not like local. they don't tell you that any longer. It just says uh, I, I always assume it's it's total, not not regional. Interesting. Yeah, I don't, it expands regions, doesn't it, as it goes. Yeah, I don't think it. I don't think it. I don't think even if you toggle the regions in the region dropdown any longer, because that used to change the numbers on the menu. Whereas, like, if you change to the US servers, you could see how many people were on the US servers. But they got rid of that a while ago, so now I assume it's just total, total. I mean, are Rocket League numbers waning in general then? Yes, but the whole point of this free to play update is surely there's going to be a ton of people now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not doubting that. I'm just, I'm just curious. It's like, is, is I mean, I'm sure it was. <laughs> like an Eddie but... game that's several years old. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all you can say for this update in Rocket League's case is they, at least they're not TF2 and it's bot disaster zone that they've got now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Although it did take like a good few years of free to play in TF2 before the bots got super rampant, <laughs> so maybe they did okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Right. Well, I mean, obviously the bigger problem for Rocket League is is Smurfs, not bots. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of people creating new accounts and just stomping the news. Oh, but that's true of any bloody game. Well, yeah, when but you, not, when it's a free to play game, yeah, that makes it much worse. I mean. Come across Valorant players way too many times that are like on there, and where they've just openly said like, "Yeah, this is my secondary account," and it's like, and then they go and just walk the server and like because they're way better than everyone else, and it's like, why? Why is that entertaining for you? Yeah, I mean, I was like, maybe I'll maybe I'll make a separate, maybe I'll log into my Epic account and just start playing Rocket League there, I guess, on free to play, <laughs> just start over. But then I'll be a Smurf for at least a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> but you can just be like, "Oh, I'm new to this. I seem to do pretty good." <laughs> no, but that's what Smurfs always like. It's like you can't, you can't fake Smurf. It's like, well, I mean, I guess I mean, there was because you, you just use like stock equipment half the time, right? You don't use some of the fancier yeah, but items. It wouldn't matter because you wouldn't have non-stock equipment on a Smurf account. No, oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was a few times back in the early days of Rocket League where where ranks were much more like you could you could join into different ranks much easier. Where I was just like, in order to make this game any fun at all, I'm going to not play as hard as I theoretically can. <laughs> mm. But that was amongst amongst friends and whatnot. But like, you know, you can theoretically do that if you want, but that's just not how smurfing works. <laughs> So yeah, maybe I'm done with Rocket League. Maybe that's it. Wow. 
Momentous day. Yeah. We'll see when the new season launches and whether or not I can drag you back in. Because that's the only reason I'm not playing Rocket League is because it's like I just want there to be more stuff. It's like, a, well, like, like I, I don't care. I don't care about any of this personally. I think I'm okay with it. But it's, I mean, uh, I did also look you know, at like. I'm, I'm a, I am disappointed they removed Solo Standard. I think that's a stupid idea. But the rest of it is just, yeah, whatever. This is what happens. It does seem like they, when I looked at the new stuff for Rocket Pass, a lot of it seems to be old stuff. Or like like remixed old, like they did that when they did the five-year anniversary or whatever. Right, and they did those yeah. like re, remixed versions of items. A lot, of the, a lot of the first Rocket Pass for this new free-to-play world seems to be that again. So has that, has, has that started then? Has the season started? Or? I think that's the 23rd is when the free-to-play patch actually happens and I think that's when okay. the pass and the season I think the season might start one day earlier for no apparent reason. <laughs> Weird. That would kind of suck. But I suppose it's good in a way to offer people the chance to get the free-to-play or the new players to get some of the best stuff from before, but it's not quite the same stuff. <laughs> that sucks for anyone who already has it all. Yeah, I might dissuade you from actually getting a pass this time around. I'll have to have a look. And also, they've for some reason decided to call this season one. Oh wow, that's confusing. <laughs> yeah, and everyone who has like season oh, is that, champion. Is that why it's remixed stuff? Because they're literally doing well. It yeah, again. season one of Rocket League. But now all the people who have like champion tags from different seasons are like well what are you going to do when we get to what What does my champion tag of season 1 mean now? Is it going to be a different colour at least or something? <laughs> Legendary retro season Yeah I don't know that seems weird but you know it was inevitable with the whole free to play situation that they were going to and of course the first season is got some like Fortnite crossover elements jammed into it as you do I mean it was bound to. It's probably going to be some the other way around, right? Probably. Although I think, oh no, why I'm thinking of I'm thinking of the weird crossover with worms, where you get Rocket League cars in worms. <laughs> <laughs> weird. Yeah, I don't know what that was about. But yeah, so that's Rocket League. That's the situation with Rocket League. Huh. And also, it just doesn't work at the moment, <laughs> predictably. Wait, what? It's just like. They've broken the servers as well. Or... Well, yeah, the servers got all kinds of fucked up, and supposedly they might they they might have like introduced a bunch of extra input lag for certain people. They also removed DX9, so people are pissed about that. Uh, they've been up. They've been wanting to upgrade for ages, though, right? Sure. To to move the engine forwards, that was the whole point. But but yeah, people are still annoyed. I think they're getting to the point where they should have just made a Rocket League 2. Probably, and then they could have sold it instead of go free to play. <laughs> yeah. Because I bet people or, would have bought it. Or maybe not even sold it, just launched it as the new free to play game on Epic Store rather than changing all of this. Because, like, yeah, if you've got fans, changes aren't always good. Mm, yeah, and this, I guess. And this sounds like a whole bunch of not good changes for your, for your existing fan base. But maybe they don't. Maybe, maybe Epic don't care. Well, so I'm sure Epic don't care. New management <laughs> don't care. It's, it's worth how much Sionix can put pressure against that not caring this. And apparently not very much is the answer. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah, a bit of a bummer. Um, 
on the plus side, that will let me like make this last Xbox 360 controller last much longer. <laughs> if I'm not playing Rugby any longer. God, I've got to repair all of mine again. <laughs> and so, apart from that, apart from not playing that, um, well, I've been playing and recording a bunch more Factorio, naturally. Getting those videos still out in a reasonable time frame. Check them out on our YouTube channel, Happy Salad. And I've still got, you know, I'm still still on the one in, one out. I'm I'm nearly at the end, I think, of the of the video series. Essentially, I think maybe there's one more episode in it where I'm going to get the nukes and fire a couple of them off. I've already launched the rocket, so technically I've already finished the game. <laughs> but I didn't quite manage to research the nukes before I did that because it's a really long research. But then I want to get that done, show off the new nuclear explosion graphics and then that might be it not going to get the achievement in inside the video unless i do like a little extension or whatever which will either be an extra video or just tagged on to the end of the last video depending on how much longer it takes me to get the achievement if i'm if i haven't already got to the point where i'm editing that last episode by the time i've got the achievement then i can just tag it on the end otherwise i'll just make a quick extra video of like here's how my base turned out in the end and then I played a bunch of other games of Factorio as well. More mods. More weird and awkward mods. <laughs> weird, the weirdest one has been... Well, I went back to the mod pack that's called Space Exploration, which is, like adds all different planets and stuff. But in the early game of that, I was fiddling around with this other mod that's for... It basically gives you like RTS commandable vehicles. So you can like, just like drag select a bunch of tanks and drive them onto the enemies and that kind of stuff. Which is kind of cool, but also kind of hella janky because it uses it it reuses the enemy pathfinding AI, which is already like super simple. Right. So you've got vehicles going wonky and driving in weird directions and like there's no way to really you know manage the pathfinding or like formations or anything. Well there might be some ways to for- manage formations. But yeah, it's weird and kind of but jank. it's kind of sub-command and conquer level pathfinding. Yeah. yeah. But it does have the advantage of of it being in Factorio, which is like, it's not just like straight RTS commands where you can click locations and move vehicles around. You can instead just like have have it all be programmatical and just have the vehicles be remotely commanded by like a whole bunch of circuit conditions or whatever. So you can just be like, okay, this miner, you you have a building that scans whether there's an ore patch in the vicinity and then tags it, and then the, that that can automatically combine the mining vehicle to drive to, to that location until the ore runs out, and then it'll move. And then you can have a hauler that knows when the mining vehicle is getting full, and then that can drive over and pick up all the ore. So it's, it's what you'd expect Factorio to be in terms of <laughs> a bunch of weird circuit conditions and programming built into the game. <laughs> <laughs> how do you manage to find these games that are basically just programming simulators but with like weird graphics on top well speaking of that kind of game i briefly went back to opus magnum as well yeah, oh yeah although that one i'd kind of forgotten because after i finished playing it well it happened after i finished playing it the first time but they did do a little ex- like extension in the way that all of his games have had essentially where there's just like here's a few extra extra hard puzzles at the end that are sort of after the story right right and i'd never done those so i went back and did not all of them but some of them 
And once again, it's it's funny because he's basically reused the same concept again because in in Space Chem, the DLC for Space Chem had basically teleporters where like you could teleport the atoms from one location to another and it was like two separate areas that you had to shift stuff through. He reused that idea in Infinity Factory, like the first stage right, of the yeah. like human campaign in Infinity Factory has teleporters which take individual blocks, so you have to like disassemble and reassemble stuff. And he used that again in Opus Magnum, where the teleporters are back. <laughs> you shift hmm. the singular atoms through the teleporter into separated zones. It's weird Falling that it, into a bit of a pattern here. Well, it's just weird that it that that idea is always like his first like post game DLC yeah. slash expansion slash extra content idea that he always uses. <laughs> it's like it wouldn't be as weird if it was just in the normal progress of the game. It's just that in all of these cases it's always been like the first extra bit is the teleporters. It's like the comment thread filled with people going, oh when he releases a new game, it's just like can't wait for the teleporter DLC. It's not quite as bad as Civilization adding all the features back in via their DLC, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can't wait for the complete pack several years down the road. But yeah, so I went back to that and tried to relearn how to play that game. Although that game is much easier to come back to than, than some of the other ones. Like, there's no way I'm going to be able to play Shenzhen again without reloading that entire thing. God, yeah. <laughs> Because that is just basically a programming language. <laughs> Whereas in Opus Magnum, you can make real shitty but functional machines quite easily. I don't know, I think I'm getting Shenzhen confused with TS. TS was the one where you had to deal with a quirky. <laughs> well, machine, it's basically the it? same thing. Okay. Shenzhen is just the slightly more fancy version of TIS. <laughs> so was that. Um. I'm not sure I really did anything else. I mean, I played some amount of Animal Crossing. Mainly because, well, I mean, obviously, I still need to fix shit up in my town eternally. The goddamn plants always <laughs> stop growing. There's always that. But there was also, I was getting through the last of the seasonal, I mean, September's bugs and plants and whatnot, mm-hmm. get them out. Mm. And now, and then I had to play it a bit more because one of my villagers wanted to leave, and I was like, "You're, you're one of the villagers I actually do or don't mind so much if you leave, so I can get a replacement." But then that leads to having to grind the Nook Miles tickets to randomly generate the well, not randomly generate, but randomly spawn one a villager per Nook Mile ticket. Be like, are you someone I want to wait out? No, I'm going to bugger off then. Go fly fly to a different island. Are you someone I want to wait out? No, okay, keep going. <laughs> then you just do that <laughs> nice. for like an hour or whatever. <laughs> but because it's random and there's like 400 villagers to choose from, it's just like, are you ever going to get anyone you really want? I Do you normally, know who you want to arrive? Well, I know, like, I have, like, three or four that I'd like if I can get them. So if if they have to turn up randomly, I'll be like, okay, that one. But other than that, it's there's... I, have, I don't have one personality on my island. Like, the villagers have a set of different personalities, and, like, one of them mm-hmm. I haven't had for a while, because the last one that I had of that type had left. So if the worst comes to the worst, I need to look for that personality rather than a specific villager that I want. Right. But yeah, it's kind of an awkward system. And also a system which you have to complete within 24 hours, or otherwise you just get given a random villager. <laughs> no. Which is very annoying. 
and I'm, I think I mentioned that before, where it's just like, why, why are we forced? Why, why are these these systems? It's almost where it's like you wish it was more like Happy Home Designer, where it's just like every time <laughs> I give a villager a gift and and then they put it in their house and it ruins their interior decor. I'm like, no, <laughs> I want to I want to make your house nice, but then like I want to give you shit as well. But then yeah. those two systems are not compatible. <laughs> no, because you ruin your own house. You've got no taste. <laughs> Yeah, you just give them. You want to give them random items, but those random items just immediately get put in their house and ruin their nice feeling. So then I just don't give people items like that. I just give them like fruit and shit. But then that doesn't make them as happy, <laughs> and you don't get as good enough, as good stuff back. It's very annoying. I wish there was a way to reset people's houses because you can reset their clothes and you can reset their like phrasing. Like if you've to- if you've change what they say as their as their custom phrase at the end of their sentences mm. that they do. You can get rid of those, but you can't like reset their house. <laughs> this is what I really want. Or alternatively just let me like say to someone, let me do a full redesign of your house and then let me just go in there and change everything. <laughs> I want I actually do want that the happy home designer interior decorator gameplay for my villagers. Because then you could fix people who have really bad design. <laughs> that phrasing thing, does that mean you can make them say Kupo after every, yep, every line? Yeah, you certainly can. That sounds bad. Well, not every line. <laughs> Just sometimes. Phrasing. Are we still doing phrasing? Can, I mean, you, make him, can you make them swear at you? Then? Yeah, you probably could. <laughs> Just end every, every, every phrase with, yeah, boy! <laughs> That might actually be one of them already. <laughs> That's the kind of dumb shit that is in there. Excellent. So yeah, that's Animal Crossing. It's still... <laughs> I can make an end to every sentence. Is, Where are my gyroids at? <laughs> well, that's so the rumours are that the gyroids are coming in sometime in September or October as oh. part of the, one of the next updates. What are the things in Elite called... Like Thargoids? Wait. Oh, what? The aliens? Yeah, they're yeah. Thargoids. Yeah. Thargoids. Okay. It's kind of like that, but in Animal Crossing. Like, when are they going to appear? I mean, they are basically aliens. <laughs> yeah. As far as Animal Crossing lore might be. I mean, concerned. maybe they're related, Thargoids and Gyroids. <laughs> maybe that's what the Thargoids look like inside their ships. Yeah, maybe that's why you don't ever see them. It's like they're actually Gyroids. Gyrating away. <laughs> that way that Gyroids do. And their rhythmic mesmerism. And then I guess I played some Enter the Gungeon, a few runs of that again. Still trying to get that goddamn Paradox run. It's never going to happen, I don't think. Well, not unless I actually grind for it. If I actually played Enter the Gungeon consistently instead of randomly, so I actually got better, <laughs> then maybe I'd have a chance. Get good. And then briefly, games I haven't been playing again, uh, version 1 of Stormworks happened, ah, which right. isn't really significant because it's pretty much mm. just a regular patch, and they're going to continue patching it post-1. But It's out now, so add that to the game of the year list, I guess. <laughs> oh, dear. But yeah, I haven't been into Stormworks version 1 now yet. It's supposedly there's some some more rebalancing, some more fancy systems. Like, it has a, like a proper weather simulator now. Like instead of the weather just changing randomly, it actually has like you could look at the a weather map and see like oh the rain's blowing in from the east and it's going to get here in like three hours, or whatever. <laughs> Which is kind of cool and kind of makes sense for a whole game about you know 
at sea rescue missions. But also it's probably going to be quite annoying when it's just like my boat can't handle this weather. <laughs> right. As happens in the early game. And then they've already basically announced what or talked about some of the things that are going to be in the next patch post 1.0 which is they're going to introduce modular engines because previously you had like three different sizes of engine and you just slap them in and they have ports that you attach to like air and exhaust and power output or whatever but now they're making modular engines where like each individual part of the engine is a block and then you can stack them together however you want essentially so you can make custom-sized engines, which might actually be good, because a lot of the time I felt like the small engine was too small and then the next step up was too big because it was, like, so heavy. Because mm. you went from the small engine, which is, like, a sort of a... I'd call it, like, a generator engine, you know, that kind of scale. It's just like a little thing that you'd pull a ripcord on and start it up with some petrol, that kind of engine. <laughs> That's what the small engine looks like. And then the next tier up from that is called... Is it, or, maybe was called, I don't know if they changed the name, it used to be the aircraft engine. So it was like a 12-cylinder kind of thing. Mm. And as a size jump from the small to that, it was like quite significant and like a lot heavier. <laughs> so being able to custom build something sort of in between those two might be quite nice. And might actually make it more possible to manage the whole engine system of Stormworks. Maybe you, Maybe aspiration will actually matter more now. <laughs> Because previously, as long as it was connected to air somewhere, it just worked, which was a bit of a, you know, a bit of a cheese method. Although it did make submarines kind of interesting, because then you could actually like make a sealed-in room that was the air room, <laughs> right? <laughs> but of course, it didn't make sense for buoyancy because, like, you, the sealed-in air room would be the buoyancy, but it could pull the infinite air, quote-unquote, from that volume to run the engine as long as it was just a sealed compartment. Oh, that's weird. It didn't really consider the air a fluid, like how you can fill a, a volume with water in that with game. water, right. Or fuel. Because that really... the obvious thing would be to use that similar mechanic, right? Well, but you'd have to make it sl it's slightly different to be like air pressure rather than volumetric filling, I guess. Unless you did just do it via the exact same system, and it'd be kind of kind of weird to have liquid water, uh, liquid air, essentially. <laughs> but yeah, that may get played at some point shortly, I suspect, because other people want to play it too. And I, I haven't, we haven't played that in quite a while in multiplayer, because the last time we did play it, it was all kind of fucked up in multiplayer. <laughs> it was real jank. Shit was not like synced correctly, and you just flew, you randomly got physics to death and flew through the world, <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> all the fun glitches of, of unsynced multiplayer games. Yippee! And that's pretty much it. I've just looked at my Steam while I was trying to remember what games I played, and apparently there's a No Man's Sky update coming. <laughs> Another one. Yep. Okay. Origins. Which is a funny name for your twelfth patch. <laughs> well, EA got rid of that name, so yeah. I mean, I'm just, maybe this is just what that. They're just like, oh, this like this trademark has opened up. Yoink. <laughs> it's one of well, Ubisoft are quite keen on Origins as well, right? Assassin's Creed, yeah. Rayman. Mm. Cool. It's time for what Robe has been playing. Robe. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> that classic four-letter shortening of my name. <laughs> I had to use all four letters in Smash Bros. Don't know why do they have day. four letters and not? It's usually three, isn't it? You just went with four for, for Smash. With one more, yeah. To turn it up to eleven. It's because they four. Because they. Free away sucks. Free is definitely too few, unless your name is Zach. <laughs> Conveniently, you didn't go or with Rob. Rob K or something. But you were like, no, no it's Robe. That's that's the next letter <laughs> in my name, Robert. You can wear me. It's uh, yeah. All right. This week, I have been mostly playing three games: Raspberry Pop Cuts. Yeah, Raspberry Pop Cuts. Corduroy jeans. Uh. I've been mostly playing three games, which I shall talk about after asking Zach if his lack of Rocket League means he'll end up playing something else like Counter Strike or Valorant. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, the the trouble is that like Rocket League's the slot that Rocket League filled after TF2 was like the the adrenaline game, I guess you could call it. Like, is it finally yeah. Overwatch time, <laughs> or is it never going to happen? Well, it depends if Overwatch Two ever comes out. I guess. Yeah, I guess. yeah, that would help. But yeah, that that slot of like slightly more Twitch gaming has mm. possibly opened up. Whoop! Ooh. Well, Valorant says hello. <laughs> well, I after all my nagging to get you to install Valorant, a bit of me now wonders if it would even install on Win Seven because of that. <laughs> Well, partly because of that that riot guard or whatever it's called. Right, yeah, it has to run a background process. Yeah, uh, and I wonder if that even installs. Why didn't you upgrade to Windows 10 when it was free? It's it's not free anymore. Because I I didn't want to run Windows 10 on this ancient ass PC, and I still don't. (laughs) Windows 10 is actually pretty, you know, unlike Vista or whatever or previous upgrades. It's like 10 actually runs pretty well on old hardware. 10 is fine. (laughs) They removed all the bullshit mostly. Almost entirely, to be honest. I mean, it's still a bit of an odd OS, honestly. But, yeah. Like, it's it's a bit all over the place, but it works well enough. And also, probably, at the, I would bet that I probably would struggle to upgrade to Windows 10 because I bet it would need too much disk space on the C drive. Hmm. <laughs> or I mean, the C partition. Yeah, I mean, you'd have had to have had quite a lot of free space to download it in the first place before it. Installed. Yeah. But, um, because as usual, my C drive partition from Windows is pretty much exactly as large as Windows is. <laughs> Even though I didn't intend it like that. And I was at the time when I first in- made this PC and installed Windows 7 and whatnot, I was like, I'm going to make this part- C partition like 12, 15 gigs bigger than people say it needs to be. But that's not true. <laughs> Turns out it's exactly the right size. And I'm kind of anti partitioning these days. It's like, just use your drive. It's fine. <laughs> It helps for organisation, but not really the actual reason that you'd want partitions in the old days. Have we got to the point now where, like, when you build a desktop, like, you just go for SSDs, and then, mm-hmm. and then put if put long term stuff on your NAS or something? Like, do you need hard disks in a PC anymore? Um, I mean, games are still big, yeah, and they yeah. need to be local. Yeah, but you want the game on the SSD. Like, like now, presumably you can get a terabyte SSD for like. Oh, I so you mean much. sorry, the difference between SSDs and hard drives. Yeah, like, I'm saying uh, like the actual mechanical hard drives are, are they pretty much because they've been gone from laptops for years. But I'm just wondering if you're building a PC, do you bother I, with mechanical hard drives? Probably not, right? I, I think for the in the increase in cost for an SSD of reasonable size is negligible now. 
yeah. compared to a. I mean, I say negligible. It's like you know, there is there is an increase in cost for storage size ratio, but then most people's needs for more storage size hasn't actually gone up all that dramatically. No, because everything's online. So, so like, uh, I reckon, yeah, okay, a terabyte SSD, a lot of that is going to be taken up by Windows or your apps if you're a reasonably heavy user. Um, uh, you know, a terabyte isn't necessarily going to be enough, but no, for a lot no. of people, it is. But if you're um, a gamer, like if you're, like Zach's new PC, if you put two terabyte SSD in there, that's that that'll do you. Right? Yeah, you'd be fine. You'd be fine. Yeah. Well, yeah. Now everyone's getting on board with M2s, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, and I skip. I, in, in fairness, I like, I put SSDs in the M2 category. Well, yeah, they basically thing, but with a different interface, and it's like I've, that's not something I've really been able to try with this build particularly. I do have an M2 port, but they confuse me slightly. Um, what is M2? Uh, it's a it's a different port that's like that sits directly on your motherboard rather oh, than as like, opposed to as, SATA. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So and the the bandwidth is a lot higher. Oh, okay. Um, and those have been around for a while. Like most laptops shipping these days will have an M2 drive as opposed to a SSD. Right. Them. So that'll get um, your stuff into the game into memory faster. Exactly. It just improves your loading times yeah. primarily. It's not and PCs still like because they can't guarantee how fast things are going to stream from disk necessarily all the time they do rely more on ram than consoles do yeah. um so you know your drive speed isn't i wouldn't say massively bottlenecking most modern games unless you're trying to run red dead in 4k in which case you're probably going to get a bottleneck a little bit but that some was people are for reg but that was designed <laughs> for consoles which are still regular hard disks until the next ones yeah it's true so you know it's you're I would go SSD, a SATA SSD at a minimum from, yeah. from here on, would be my advice. It's just because, like, my PC, which is old, has, like, a small, it's from that period where it has a small SSD, which has Windows and some stuff on, and then a larger hard mechanical hard disk for everything else. Yeah, which until recently was how I was running, Yeah, honestly. I would have an SSD for Windows and maybe some of the bigger titles. But I think like, that time is over. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I there's... They're cheap enough that I would just move to SSD. Yeah, I still feel like I'd probably want a regular large hard disk, if only for the you know the future of taking it out. It's just much easier to transfer a file, and like, and you don't have to worry quite so much about it dying and all that problem. I mean, that's less of a problem now. SSDs are quite long life, but yeah. Um, I mean, um, they might even be better, like because they're no moving parts, right? Exactly. Well, you know, that was, that was theoretically the whole well, one of the points. But you look at if this you want PC an, that a... I've got, and then I'm still using the original hard disk, and it's been like 12, 13 years. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you do want a secondary drive for pure volume, then yeah, get a hard drive, obviously. Yeah. Because um, because you can get way more bang for your buck if all you need is volume. Although I think it, if I was going to have like second, uh, I like. I mean, the NAS is obviously an option, but like just some kind of backup drive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, if you're, yeah, if, I mean, if if you're like me, an external SATA, right? Just bolt, yeah. Yeah. just plug in. Because I do have those... an ex mini external disk that I use for backing up important shit, but like that's not, it's not real backups, it's just me copying files yeah. rather than actual automated backups. I mean, like even one of those like Western Digital My Books. There's a huge, you know, I don't really agree with like yeah. external caddies like that necessarily. But 
hey, they do a job. If you want a lot of volume, you can get one of those with a large amount of space for not a great deal of money, and they will do that job. If you're super anal like me, and you really want redundancy in that backup, yeah, get a NAS drive. The two drive variants of that aren't expensive these days. You don't need an expensive one of those, but get a good name at least, something like Synology. You specialize in that stuff. Um, shove like two drives in it, forget about it. <laughs> Which is what I've done. You know, I've, I've got a four drive NAS bay, and I've still only got two drives in it. And I just I'm hoping if I... I, I, let it, I let it be. I'm hoping if I get a flat or something someday, I'll I'll get a NAS that's powerful enough to run like Plex, and then I don't have to have a computer running to. Do yeah, that'd coding. be nice. Mine's a little underpowered for some of that stuff. Yeah, I mean it can run Plex, but not for transcode. Like but it's the, better for as a music server. Yeah, it's like you're basically buying another computer at that point. Yeah, but anyway. But but then I, I think transcoding is kind of a thing that's sort of not necessary unless you're a huge pirater anyway anymore yeah. it's like it's a, like streaming services have got good that's true that's true it's true right <laughs> what you been playing rob what and, the, tell know, us one of those three games that we met the three games oh, the, the tease right the tease um right let's start with the new game out of those three, the one that I haven't talked about before, that would be Hot Shots Racing. Mm. Uh, so this is Sumo Digital and Lucky Mountain Games uh, throwback to the arcade. They they yeah. really want they really want that nostalgia bonus of um then they are they are gunning for the early nineties. 3D aesthetic that Sega somewhat popularized in Virtua Racing. And uh, games like that, where they, you know, we can do 3D now, but we can't quite do textures. Um, mm-hmm. So there we go. They made a intentionally lower polygon game with zero texture work. Well, that's not strictly true, but practically no texture work in it. Uh, and uh, uh, you know, <laughs> that had me interested right from the start. Like I played it at EGX a couple of years ago when it was still known as Racing Apex, and while I thought the handling needed work, it's like I liked its heart. Um, and I think that's still true now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Honestly, um, I think I think I think I like its heart more than I do what has come out as the end product. Um, uh, this isn't to say it's a bad game. That's going to come. I'm, this is going to be a, sound a bit like a Rob review, and that it's you know a bit overly harsh because you know this is a it's an arcade racer. It's a subject dear to me, um, uh, and I and it, I think it does a lot of things well. But I think I think it I think it's just well, if you know what I mean. It's just yeah. it does things well, but not great, not 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 as good as I was hoping for, especially out of a, a studio like Sumo, who have a pretty good racing engine. Let's be honest, they've been using it for a while. Um, it's the the same engine they used in uh, the Sonic Racing games um and i'm a, i'm quite a big fan of the two transform uh, the two sonic all-star racing games i haven't played team sonic racing mm-hmm. um but hey this isn't <coughs> oh god it's going my throat's going already <coughs> <coughs> this isn't sumo's first rodeo in this field um, it may be it may be lucky mountain games' first rodeo i don't know um but um 
yeah, so let me try and explain how it plays. Because it's... I wouldn't say it's like any one thing. It's got... I'd say it's got some of... It's got the virtual racing aesthetic. But it's more like a Daytona in terms of what style cars they use. But then the handling, weirdly, reminds me more of Burnout than anything else. Like, so you, you have tight control up until you tap the brake, and then you go into a sort of drifty mode right. where you're adjusting your angle into the turn by, like, pulling in or pulling out of the, out of the turn. But not as crazy as Ridge Racer or something. Can we no, not, really, not as weirdly railed as Ridge Racer is. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, it, it's, it's more of a natural handling, yeah. I, I guess, of the cars. Um, and uh, at first, like it feels far too easy. Let's, let's be honest. Like, like at the, at the an, in normal mode, the speed is reduced in the game, so it's, you're not you're having a slightly slower experience. The AI is ridiculously simple to beat, um, uh, and also you're just you know you're drifting around turns with ease, and not really posing much of a challenge. You're owning boost as you drift. Pressing the boost button when you've got a pit full, a bit like Ridge Racer, this all feels quite familiar. Um, so, so what have I got to go on at that point? It's like, yeah, normal mode's far too easy for starters. So it's like, okay, what am I? What else am I looking for? Um, let's go back to that aesthetic, um, I like which I think has a good, makes a good first impression, but ends up feeling a little, a little less characteristic than I would necessarily like, as as you see all the tracks and things like that. It's almost like even though they've gone for the textureless detail and some objects are notably low poly, if you're really gunning for that aesthetic, I don't think they went far enough. Like it's almost too, oh, it's still okay. almost too high tech. Hmm. Um, some of the, like each individual item has a low, low polygon count, but there's still quite a lot of environmental detail, right? There's still a reasonable amount of objects about, there's still a reasonable amount of, things even if they're all modeled badly <laughs> there's quite a lot of them uh and uh which is kind of a sega trademark as well but like there's, there's something like i want my ferris wheel to be like an octagon you know <laughs> right. yeah, okay <laughs> yeah, you know thing, things like that there's almost, there's almost too much detail still um uh, and that's and they go outside the scope of that by not just sticking to by having like there are there are some transparent effects for instance here and there which the old aesthetic would, would never have been able to do there's some bloom here and there uh which the old stuff wouldn't have been able to do um would have been nice if they wanted to model transparency for instance like why not use a skanky diver effect you know really go for it mm. <laughs> things like that and it's like okay maybe they want to make this maybe they're a bit worried about going this route what add a little bit of modern appeal to it and it's but for me it kind of switches off my nostalgia glasses a bit and then ends up being this is just an anesthetic. It's not the aesthetic. Um, and this is kind of compounded a little bit by the fact that there's only really four. It does that in multiple environments, multiple tracks in the same environment thing. Um, so there's 16 tracks in total, but only across four environments. Um, so a lot of the game ends up feeling pretty samey mm. in terms okay. of how it looks after a while. Um, and I don't, I don't feel like like you get the uh, crazy variety in of environment that you somewhat expect from an arcade racer. And I'm going to be using this as the obvious parallel. 
because it's the best arcade racer in recent years. Fast RMX, man. That does a hell of a job, right? Even when they're using reusing environments, like this is the snowy environment. Yeah. Of which there's probably maybe two tracks in that environment out of the 20-odd you get. Um, like th- Those two tracks, at least, feel pretty different from each other. Sure. Whereas a lot of Hotshot Racing's tracks kind of feel like they're cut from the same cloth. Like They all have large, sweeping turns. They all... Almost no verticality to most tracks. They're all very flat, like like in terms even just no hills, very few hills. Mm. Um, and it's yeah, I think the course design needed a lot more vari- not a lot more variety, and a lot more variation. Um, it, it starts to blend together too much. Um, all right, so let's take. But they're not bad. They're not bad designs. They're just they're, they're not. They're not as interesting as I would have liked. Um, oh, um, I just thought of the other reference that the handling is a little bit like Outrun, Outrun Two, which is another Sumo gig. Sumo worked on Outrun Two. Oh, did they? Oh, yeah, with Sega. Um, so a while yeah. back, was that three sixty game? Wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, OG Xbox. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's close to launch, I think. Of the OG Xbox, yeah, hell of a game. Um, uh, yeah, so you know, the handling. It's funny how drift. Outrun has become like the name for that eighties aesthetic for some reason. Did you I guess. That? Yeah, like that's the the subreddit on 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 Reddit for for like that like I don't know Lamborghinis and Ferraris and and like oh Nintendo right really it's called Outrun <laughs> yeah anyway weird because I'm not yeah. even sure the original Outrun no was I know all that was all that yeah it's weird. <laughs> Anyway, if anything, the original Outrun was more just generic Hawaii, generic <laughs> California, right? Or, yeah, yeah, that sort of that sort of look. Weird. I wouldn't call it like the you know that eighty synth wavy vibe, which I suppose is what they're yeah roping that, into that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so that ends up falling a, a little short of my expectations. And so then, okay, what other pillars you've got? Oh, you want some recognizable banging arcade music, right? You want something memorable. You want Daytona. <laughs> Daytona. I think that one might actually be too memorable. Like you don't remember yeah. any of the rest of the music of that game. <laughs> I sort of. I don't know. I, I think I remember a couple of the the track tunes. There's like there's one where he's singing Sky High a lot, and it's in the back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anything with lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. G A M E O V E R. Game, game over. But yeah, there's, or, or you know, even Sega Rally, right? <laughs> that did it as well. Yeah. Game over, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <that's laughs> <same time>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. This doesn't have that. This, across the board, this is just. Like I'd say, most of the music is forgettable to bad. I think the first four tracks probably have some of the best, most arcadey. What I'd want from an arcade racer style music in the game, like a bit of cheese, a bit of over, a bit overdone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you want yeah, it a li- You want it a bit overdone, and and but that was what makes it memorable. Like you know, the first track, for instance, has a, has a bit of a donk going on, and I'm like, all right, let's do this. Donk, donk. 
And uh, but yeah, that quickly fall that falls away in the other twelve tracks, unfortunately, and they just become more tracks. Not even a track which has dinosaurs on the side of it can really save it. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then and this and then the structure is kind of exactly what you expect as well. It's like there's, uh, there's you know you've got a Grand Prix mode, you've got four tracks in each Grand Prix. Come first, get 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 through the rankings, uh, and there's three difficulty levels: normal, ex normal hard, and expert. Um, what I will say though is like I found normal mode to be too much of a breeze. The game starts to come alive in hard mode. Well, I still found it really easy, but the increased speed suddenly made the turns more interesting. The the sort of like the bland track design suddenly felt a little. There was a little more challenge on some turns in some courses, and then expert mode has a is a very slight bump on hard speeds. So you're not going much faster, um, but that this is to me is where the game is at its best. Is like when you're playing in expert mode, the AI is putting up a challenge. Um, uh, and the then the court some parts of some courses are proving um, a bit tricky, partly because I don't know. Like I, I, I think it has the problem where some with some games have where if it's, as you increase the speed, the handling in the cars doesn't necessarily scale to the speed you're traveling at. So some of the right. cars become twitchier. Um, it's worth pointing out there's a lot of cars in this game. There's a mm -hmm. bucket load of vehicles. There's like eight different. Um, drivers you can choose from each hilariously low polygon and look terrible but that's great um, and the uh, and every, each one of them has four cars so you, you got a decent selection of vehicles good good 32 there um, and each driver and car combo has slightly different characteristics like the, within each driver there's like there's like the four categories you've got a balanced car you've got a acceleration car you've got a speed car and a drifting car Mm. Um, um, so everyone has that, but that's not enough. Like even between drivers, those four categories behave differently, slightly. Um, and so you know, I think expert mode probably requires better car selection than perhaps why I'm. You know, I need to find the car for the tracks that I'm about to come up against, which is, I think, where the difficulty is hitting me a bit because I breezed for I I, I kind of did the first the, the first GP in expert mode pretty easily. But now I'm actually struggling with the last three. Suddenly I've hit a bit of a wall and I'm having a hard time, mm. hard, hard time besting them. Uh, and and I think that's because like I'm, I'm I haven't found the car driver combos for those for, that I that I like at this speed at this speed and this difficulty just yet. Um, which is a bit of a tenet of an arcade racer. It's what I like about F Zero, and it's like it's part of what I like about Fast. It's like, you know, some courses are better suited to some cars, and some cars are better suited to different driving styles. And it's like, okay, yeah, I need to try and I need to try and find the one that works for me with this set of tracks. Um, great. Replay opportunity. Like it. Um, you need one of that. You need some of that. So well done there. Um, I don't know what else there is to say about it, really. It's just, it's just sort of fine. There's not a lot to it, but mm. it's 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 okay. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm playing on X Bone. I uh, and I, I, I can't say it runs perfectly there. There are a few frame bits of framiness going on. I suppose I could talk about like how the actual racing itself works. Like the AI, it seems to like it seems to encourage quite a lot of rubber bandiness to try and keep the pack together. 
Um, because there's only eight drivers, there's only ever eight cars on track at one time, and I think it could deal with being at least twice that um, to be more fun. Uh, I think that would be good. But then the AI is quite aggressive against you. It likes running into you, and like, and with a rubber bandy pack, it's like I'd imagine that could be carnage if there were right. There were more cars going on. Fortunately, like collisions are very um, mild. Yeah, very mild. You being you being hit basically does very little to you, except for the odd occasion where it totally screws you and puts you like face first into a corner, and then you have to reverse out of it, and then your race is done. Yeah, and it's like I. I had that happen to me from AI, I've never managed to make an AI do that. So maybe yeah. it's got that horrible one-sided collision stuff that I generally don't like. You can't dish out what you're dealt. Um, and I think I'd like that to be... I don't know if I want that to be more or less impactful. You know, I don't know whether I... Like, if you've got that burnout outrun-style handling, do I want it so I can just ram you off the road? Like, can I do takedowns? Why not? Um, <laughs> or do I want it to be... Uh, like so, I can't be Frenched or pit turned all the time, and I can't do that to you. That kind of stuff. I don't know what the balance is there, but I'm not sure collisions are quite quite where they need to be. But in the easier difficulties, all that means is like the pack jostles around a bit towards the end. You don't <laughs> just don't boost for until right at the end, and then you boost, and then it's like, yeah, I'm, now I'm ahead of you. I've won. Oh. <laughs> mm. Like you can beat the rubber banding quite easily just by timing a late boost. It's um Well I will say though, all that aside, the online implementation, surprisingly decent. Played a few rounds online. It runs very well. None of that usual racing game cars skipping about all over the place kind of thing that I feel like a lot of racing games still have to this day. Mm. Um it was a pretty decent experience all around. Um I won most of the races, so that helped. Um, <laughs> uh, I think no, that, uh, not to. I don't think that's like just me, though. I think that's a testament to the design in some respects. That there, no, there never was a race where players seemed too far apart. Like I think the rubber banding system actually worked pretty well there. If it's even happening in multiplayer, I don't really know. I don't know what it's doing exactly, but but you know the races where we were in were, were weren't, weren't too widely spread which is nice um and it throws in an extra couple of modes for that as well um so there's like a speed mode where you can't drip, drop below a certain speed otherwise you start losing health um and that speed gets increasingly fast and it kind of zones you like zone and wipe out as well so like the the speed of the cars goes up as the race goes on oh yeah okay um and i think that's actually pretty di- that's a pretty good, cool mode actually it's well done because um, I mean, some players can get knocked out early, and they'll have to wait, which you know sucks for everyone. Sucks, for those, but you know the, the the tension for trying to keep your speed up towards the end is 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 enough to keep that interesting. I think it could do with being a bit faster towards the end. It like caps out on the last lap or so, and it doesn't get quicker past that point. And it's like, nah, ramp it up, mate. Just keep going. <laughs> make it, make it, make it faster. Just make it fast. Uh. But anyway, I think that's cool. I, and, and I think the cops, they have a cops and robbers mode, which I think is way less successful. Um, it doesn't, I really don't quite understand what the tactic is for winning that. Because I always seem to be put as a robber, and I always seem to just stay alive the whole time, which seems to be what the robbers are supposed to do. But I don't necessarily win, because those players that get turned into cops 
do a decent job at being cops and then earn more money than me that way. It's a it's weird. I mm. don't quite know what the what the strategy for winning that is. Um, and that's it. That is that is that game. That is everything about that game. Uh, I might play a bit more of it. Um, see if I can crack expert mode. Um, it's on Game Pass, so you know, knock yourself out if you've got that. Uh, yeah, it's it's all right, but didn't blow me away, unfortunately. Uh, what else we got? I'm I finished playing. Tell me why. I went. I, I actually stuck with it in the end. Tell me why. Ain't nothing but heartbreak. <laughs> it's not episodic, right? This is. I mean, it sort of is. <laughs> no, um, I mean, it's... I mean, literally not like how the game's laid out. <laughs> um, I think you have. I think. I think it is in the in the in the sense that you don't buy each individual episode, but you can. I don't. Um, I don't know how they're selling it actually, but like it was, it because it posed a problem for my Xbox actually how this was delivered. I think when you first download it off game off Game Pass, it gives you Chapter One, right? But only downloads Chapter One. So when you finish Chapter One, you then have to go and say, "Oh, you need the rest of it," and it goes, "Oh, you already own the rest of it." Okay, great. Now I'm just going to download Chapter Two now. So it's delivering it that way, but I don't know if you can buy into just Chapter One and then. But it all came out at the same time anyway. So. Well, see, no, it didn't. Like chapter three weirdly came out late. Well, chapters one and two launched at the same time. Like, well, like recently, like three, like not that far after launch, admittedly, but still after launch. So I don't know quite what was going on there. Mm. Um, And I think you can tell. There's. There's something weirdly different about the presentation in chapter three. Like there's something like some of the animations don't look quite look as good, or some of the mouth work doesn't look as good in chapter three. It's odd. It's like it's subtle, but it's there. You know, like the, the, some of the mouth movements seem way more exaggerated than they did in previous chapters. Um, it's bizarre. Um, but yeah, let's, let's, um, for those that don't know, it's the, the new adventure game. Released by Don't Nod, um, who are the Life is Strange guys, uh, and we'll be doing that. Was it Twin Mirror or something like that? They've got another game in in the works. It's out relatively soon, in theory. Uh, yeah, and I covered it a little bit last time, and I was we'd got through most of Chapter One before hitting a nasty glitch um, before last time, which basically meant I had to replay an entire bit of it bit of it again which was frustrating um it's not as polished as i think it should be in general um but the bit i want to talk about really here is where the story goes because that's obviously the most important part of a game like this um and i do think it gets a bit better in chapter two chapter one i was thought was far too slow far too much character setup far too much exposition stations and just and just bad direction in places like shots that were too long like as you're waiting for things to happen um, stuff like that and chapter two is uh, way more up tempo um there's a pretty decent sequence where you're uh not to, i'm trying not to be too spoilery but you're, you're basically doing some detective work uh somewhere where you shouldn't be 
and there's a bit of tension because it's on a bit of a time limit, whether or not that's like slightly virtualized or not by mm-hmm. the game to make it always feel like there's a tension there. Um, I'm not so sure, but um, uh, yeah, that sequence was pretty good because you're actually starting to learn more about what's going on. You're starting to unravel the mystery. Um, and that felt pretty good. Um, I think well, the game loses me in the slower stuff, which I know is kind of what Don't Nod are known for. They, you know, focusing on the little things and having these quiet interactions, but I just don't here at least, and I haven't played Life is Strange or its, it's sequel or its offshoot, but it doesn't gel with me at all. Not engaged. I, yeah. I'm not even sure it's good. You know, I don't think it's. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I check. I mean, it definitely happens. Yeah. I just sort, I sort of just just want those sequences to be over so I can get back to the actual mystery. Um, uh, yeah, and that goes through into ch- chapter three as well, which actually has fewer of those like slow scenes. Like chapter three is more about the mystery, um, the characters being kind of having a bit of a. There's more. There's more tension within the characters, and they're, 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 you know, they're, they're kind of unhappy with each other at that point, and or at least they were in my playthrough. Who knows? It's one of those sort of like choices matter games. So maybe there's a way of playing it where they're not so annoyed at each other. Not sure. But I'm not sure there is the way that played out, um, and uh, yeah, chapter three focuses more in, it focuses in more on the mystery side, which again I like. I prefer that direction in this. My sort of biggest problem with the story, though, is that I was logically ahead of it. Right, you could see exactly where it was going. Yeah, I had worked out or. More to the point, like the evidence that I was finding in the game presented a set of scenarios that the characters didn't realize for far but too you long. realize. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, well, I'm not really. Now I've got to wait for you to catch me up, which is frustrating. Um, and even the final choice in the game, um, I, I'm sat there thinking, well, logically, everything that I've seen so far points to this option. But emotionally, I can see why the characters would want to go with this other option. So me being like the, well, clearly I've got to do what's right here. This game is talking all about truth the entire time. And finding the truth, I went for the option that seemed like the obvious truth. And then get presented with one of those like telltale style, here, here are the players that picked this questions after the game. And I've never seen a split like this in any one of these games before, where the split was 100% of players picked the um, what I thought was the emotional option, oh. and zero percent picked what was logically the super obvious outcome to me. Hundred percent—that sounds like hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I hope so because, like, otherwise, my faith in humanity, like, in making logical decisions, has dropped significantly. <laughs> it was weird, like, just faith in the people that bought this game. Anyway, well, yeah, I mean. Or maybe they didn't see the same evidence I did. Maybe they missed certain clues. Maybe they didn't yeah, see all of them. Yeah, can't possibly be 100%. That would be ridiculous. I know. It just seems nuts, doesn't it? I mean, I that, that right. can't be right. <laughs> I mean, literally, some people would have just picked the other thing just by random. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Because I sat there for a while on that last choice, sitting there going like, you know what, I actually don't know what choice to make. It's because I'm 
it's there's, there's a hard decision. It's by it, it sort of boils without being spoilery. It boils down to a decision of like I I think this is the truth, but I think the characters are going to have a harder time dealing with this truth. And the game kind of leads you to think about that sort of question. And that might be one of the best things the game does is right in that last bit of the chapter three where it's starting to make you think about those things. Whereas I kind of didn't care <laughs> up to that point. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, as I say, not familiar with the rest of Don't Nod's work, but uh, hey, I wasn't, again, not not super taken with this one and it's like that's all of the uh, that's even if you take all of the uh, transgender stuff out of it like the game starts focusing on that less and less as it goes on which is fine I guess that's but uh, I don't it I, it feels like that was just there <laughs> rather than which is uh, I guess a good thing like I don't know if they like in chapter one it felt like a message but in the rest of the game it felt like a it's just a thing that exists now, uh, which is which was a better way of dealing with that, I think. Yeah, I don't know. That, yeah, all of that side, like you know, doesn't matter about that topic or anything. It's like it just doesn't it didn't flow. Yeah. Again, okay, not bad, just okay. <laughs> uh. And now you've told us why. I have. And I don't have to tell you again. Until Game of the Year. I mean, we just gloss over it in a brief moment. That's what we do. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing I've been playing is I've uh, been spending a lot of time in Spiritfarer still. I really like that game. It's cool. um, There's not a lot to it. It's pretty simple. Um but it, it, it's really hitting that, like, there's always something to do thing. There's always, like, I've always got a crop to water. I've always got another bit of material I need to make. I've always got, there's always a carrot on the stick. And there's always something going on. Oh, I've got cooking to do. Right, the cook, ah, the cooking's done. Right, no, I've got to go pick that up. Oh, in the meantime, my chickens have laid an egg. Great, I better go pick up the egg so I can use that in the cooking and cook something new because I've never had an egg before. Um, uh, or while that's happening I'm making the boat travel to somewhere else because I need to go to this place to talk to this person to satisfy a quest that I put on and it's like it just there's there's always this juggling act going on like all the time and it's uh, while there's not that necessarily many interesting things you're actually doing because everything's always happening I can't stop I just I just can't I just keep going there's always another hook there's always something like, oh, I, I can do this one more thing now. Right, great. I'll go do that. Or oh, another hour passes, you know. <laughs> so now go and play Stardew. Basically the same thing. Yeah. I mean, Although I, Stardew I, does have the days, I guess. Yeah, sort of more deliberated sort of I mean, this, this does as well. This has a day-night cycle, but I get to the point where I don't... At the start of the game, that's an issue because uh, at the night at night time, you can't move the boat. The boat only works during the day. Um. So at first, that's kind of a limitation because I don't have enough. You don't have enough to do on the boat to keep you busy at night. Um, but now I do. Now at night, I can do my maintenance while the boat's not moving, and there's still plenty to do while I'm figuring out my next move. Or if I've just happened to leave the boat in a town, I can go do everything in town overnight 
because the people in town don't go to sleep. It's just, it's just the boat movement thing that's an issue here, which I assume is wildly different from Stardew. You've got to keep that rhythm in Stardew. Well, sure, but you're still... I mean, in Stardew, it's, or you're always waiting for something to happen tomorrow is the trick for Stardew. It's mm -hmm. the same effect. It's just more like broken up into days where you're like, oh, the crops yeah. are going to come in tomorrow. Or tomorrow the shop is open so I can actually buy seeds. Or tomorrow is the one day that this one person will be in this one specific place that I need to talk to them. <laughs> I think where that hasn't worked necessarily for me is that uh, I'm not 100% sure I've been playing this particularly optimally. Which, you know, <laughs> makes sense. First run through. But I think it's taking far longer because the pacing has slowed right down since the start of the game like it's like it, take, it seems to take ages for me to do very much and there's a lot of the hand holding like com completely leaves you at one point like there's a point in the there's the, towards the start of the game obviously everyone's telling you to do this thing and you need to buy this thing for the for the boat so we can now do this thing and there comes a point where that just sort of stops and it's like well you need a you need these materials to get this thing and you're like where do i get my materials like that where do i find that stuff um, and then it becomes like, well, okay, I've got to figure out what what else have I got to do. It will eventually lead me to that, right? Right. And I think I and I think I've spent far too long jumping those hurdles sometimes, where it's just like I don't I need ash, right? There, there was a point in the game where it's like where I needed ash, and it's like I don't know where that is. I've not found any anywhere, right? So I need to get to the. I guess I need to try and figure out a way to get past these lines on the map that block me. Uh, how do I do that? Oh, right. There's a ship upgrade for icebreaking. I'm sorry. No, I had icebreaking at that point. It's like, oh, I need I need some other upgrade ice to get through whatever this is. Um, oh, right. That also has materials that I've never heard of to get that upgrade. Bollocks. Right. How do I do that? <laughs> and I think it took me far too long to figure some of that out. Um, there was a point, point where I needed glass, and I didn't figure out how to make glass for a while. Um, uh, stuff like that, and it's like where the, where the game basically doesn't tell me. But other stuff is just like it's fun to fun to find, figure out. It's like ah, now I've got a crusher. I can stick sunflower seeds in them and turn them into oil, so I can now cook a whole variety of other stuff. I can now fry, and now I can feed the. Not that cooking makes a huge difference, but like I can now I've got more dishes. I can try and figure out what each passenger's favorite dish is. And there's loads of dishes, so that's actually really difficult. <laughs> I don't know. I quite like it. It's chill vibes, man. Chill vibes. It's also one of those games that I wish didn't suffer from horrendous frame rate issues at times. <laughs> like, just the, like there are certain events where the screen is filled with too much stuff and the game really tanks in frame rate. And it's like, oh, maybe this wouldn't happen on a new Xbox. <laughs> right, yeah. Or if well, I was well, playing on PC. Won't be long till you have a new Xbox of some kind, so. Mm. But yeah, I like it. I'm I'm enjoying it. Um, I want to make progress faster in it, though. That's my uh, that's my one takeaway. I wish I pr progressed slightly quicker. In it. Um, but it's good. Quite good. Quite good. Quite good. There are some there's some excellent animation in places of that day. There really is. Um, I'm particularly fond of how you shear sheep and how the uh, sheep gets slightly has a very concerned look on its face when you begin. <laughs> right. 
like its eye just suddenly opens. It's, it's normally very quite small and kind of that lethargic look that some animals have. But when you when you get the scissors out, its eye just suddenly turns into a full circle. You know, and you're like, <laughs> it's like, oh damn. <laughs> Little little details like that, really nice. That's me. That's my week. We. That's my two weeks. That's my po- that's my podcast. <laughs> it's a podcast. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I haven't Imagine got around right. to uh, to uh, playing Tony Hawk yet, but that's the next thing. Been yeah, a boy. Busy week at work. Yeah, I mean, it looks. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, it really does. At a quick go, and it's like 60 frames per second. And yeah, it's really nice. Beautiful. Uh, immediately bailing all over the place because I can't remember how far to rotate <laughs> before landing something, <laughs> but it won't be long from fully, fully into it. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people have been saying it's like, it's, you know, it doesn't take you long to go back into your old groove. And then it's like, yeah, I can like, just walk through this game because I remember playing it. For hours yeah. before, when I'm all of it comes back, I don't know how how quick it will come back or whether I have to learn it all again. But that's fine. Uh, yeah, cool, sweet. Uh, and then yeah, so fact, watch out for Factorio videos and uh, Oberdin videos and various others yes. on uh, on our YouTube channel. Uh, and that'll do us a podcast, and we'll be back in two weeks with another one of those. So do join us for that. I've done a podcast. We gone done did. Done a podcast. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Bye.